Yes, indeed. It is that time. It must be Monday. <laughs> it's the Drum Brigade Podcast, episode fifty-eight. It's been this is this has been a rough. We've had a rough go at this, but we're <laughs> we're finally doing it. I hope everything is sounding all right. It's working. Uh, it's going rough because Funky Phil is not here today. Funky Phil is on vacation. Yes, yes. Yes, so with me in studio, hanging out in studio guest, he's back. He was in here on the first time we recorded in the Beat Locker, and now he's back when Phil is gone, co-hosting the show with me. It's the one, it's the only, the Gooch, Kevin Higuchi. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, buddy. Yeah, dude, thanks for coming in. Yeah, yeah. Pleasure to be here. Coming in like like a, what do you call it? Like the third inning inning or whatever? (laughs) I'm not a sports guy, so I don't know. But, um, yeah, I just like, I, don't, I didn't really want to just come in here and like ramble on and myself, that would freaking we'd lose a lot of listeners for that. <laughs> so just do a two hour long soapbox. I could do it. People don't think I can't. Um, I, so, I, I, be, I believe in you. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So I was like, yo, Kev, you want to come in and like be a co-host for the day? And of course you were like, yeah, for sure. So I appreciate that. Thank you. Always. Um, yeah, man. So it's the Drum Brigade podcast. It's episode 58. Um, coming off a super strong show last week. Dude, Thomas Lang. Wow. Man, we got to give it up. We so proud it. of you guys. I was like, yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> I was uh, really stoked. I think it went well. I could hear my nervousness listening back. Listening <laughs> back. I was very nervous, but um, he ended up, Thomas ended up being a cool guy. So yeah, this one's going to be better though, Kevin. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, this is the Drum Brigade Podcast, as I mentioned. All right, you let me just tell you a little bit about it before we get started. Um, you can get this show on all the platforms that you get your podcast on. That being iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn, Overcast, and Radio Public. And also, if you don't have any of those at anything, if you don't have anything else, just go to drumbrigade.com. You can download and listen or click the links to all those as well. You can also click a link to our Patreon we have a Patreon. Uh, if you want to support the drummer gate, the drum brigade, the brotherhood of drums, all that jazz, just uh, go ahead and do that because we uh, can use the help. Um, all right. We have different tiers that you can like take part in, you know, if you want to just like spend $3 a month or maybe like give up one cup of coffee, like $5 a month, like a latte at Starbucks. Or if you want to spend like 20 bucks a month, if you spend 20 bucks a month, we're going to send you like a, a drum brigade, um, care package. It's not written on our thing, but we'll give you like t-shirt stuff if we have your size, some stickers, all that jazz. So um, I gotta fill that in. Uh, Twenty bucks a month gets you. You have to pay. You have to do that for two months though. I gotta fix all this, Kevin. <laughs> I haven't. I haven't like. I haven't. I, I'm very busy. Okay. Um. Anyways, enough about Patreon. If you want to support the Drum Brigade and the Brotherhood of Drums, you know what to do. Um. At Drum Brigade, we're just trying to maintain that mindset over competition with our community um we think i know i do i don't know about you kevin but i think you're cool if you're a drummer Absolutely. and that's it yeah <laughs> and uh if you know unless you're not cool if you're like a drummer but then you're not cool then i'm like beat it but if you're cool 
and you're a drummer, automatically I'm like, oh wait, you're a drummer? High five, you know? Whether you like it or not, you're yeah, one of us. You're one of us, exactly. So that's why we call it the Brotherhood of Drums. Uh, we have products as well on our website. It's uh, t-shirts and stickers, sticks, drum lessons. Uh, we have hats now. They're not on our website, though. Again, I'm very busy. Um, yeah, so it's the drummer. It's the drummer game. Brotherhood of brother. I've drank a lot of coffee, man. I'm jittery. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm super jittery He's right going, now. He's going, guys. He's going. <laughs> it's the brotherhood of drums. I feel like I'm talking so fast right now. Uh, okay. So also, I have a website, CoreyKingston.com. K-O-R-E-Y. K-I-N-G-S-T-O-N. We have. I have a vlog that I do called A Day in the Life of a Drummer. Thinking about getting a gimbal today. Oh, cool. Yeah. Make these vlogs better. And I can probably do them on my phone now. Yeah, because you got that gangster phone. <laughs> I did. I got that, like, the iPhone 11. Dude, the pictures on that thing. Ooh. Yeah, I'm in that crew, too. It's tight, man. It's so good. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, vlogs, Day in the Life of a Drummer. They're on IGTV as well on my personal, which is also Corey Kingston. Um, If people want to reach out to you, Kevin, or follow you or book you for lessons or book you for a gig, how do they get in touch? Instagram? Uh, yeah, Instagram's good. My uh, handle is Mr. The Gooch, M-R-T-H-E-G-U-C-H. Uh, you can DM me. I, I, like, I check that stuff. Uh, also on Facebook is Kevin Higuchi. Cool. Um, yeah, I haven't, my online presence has not changed since the last Bro. time I was on here. <laughs> <laughs> that's all good. I don't think you need it, though. You work so much, and like, you don't really need like a website that's like, hey, look at me. I mean, I'll just give anyone my phone number. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the difference between you and me. I'm like, nah, don't call me. You can slide in those DMs, but don't call me. Um, all right, yeah, so that's us. If Kevin teaches, you come on the Drum Brigade podcast occasionally. You play super, like, so many gigs. You do, like, a lot of the jams around town. Yeah. You play a lot around town. Um, you tour with Jeff Rosenstock. You tour with other people. Mm -hmm. You're just you're doing it also. If people want to get in touch with you. That's how they do it. Yeah. Um, you should do a vlog. Yeah. You know what? And that's, I love vlogs. Like I, on YouTube, it's, I love watching. I even watch vlogs of things that are not related to things that I, I am necess necessarily into. I yeah. just really enjoy seeing how other people live they, their yeah, lives, you know? Too. Um, and like, I learn a lot, you know, yeah. like you learn, even if it's just about like organization and just getting your life together. Like mm -hmm. I always am into like minimalist living. Bro. Vlogs. Yeah. I, okay. We got to talk about this after we get into it because okay. yeah. I'm on this right now. Mm. Um, yeah. Vlogs are easy to do these days too with like an iPhone. You don't need like, I have so much stuff now. Like I have like three GoPros and I feel like my GoPros are cool, but they're, they're easy to use and stuff. But now with a phone, it's like I can get so much better footage on my phone and it sounds better and it looks better. And, probably easier to edit and all that stuff so i'm gonna give it a shot on i have a gig this weekend i'm gonna try it right i'm gonna bring my gopro for like on stage but i'm gonna i'm probably gonna go buy it i gotta do it cheap too yeah anyways man so that's the drum brigade um it's all the stuff all the above follow us also phil's not here but if you want to follow phil it's phil pardell p-a-r-d-e-l-l.com he has lessons and stuff that you can um get in touch with get in touch with him, hire him for lessons, watch his online lessons, his, his play alongs. And he has a bunch of like material for you to take advantage of as well. So, um, but yeah, other than that, I think I covered it all. So me and Kevin are going to get into it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
Oh yeah, episode 58. Dude, we're just freaking doing this. Yeah. <laughs> like a well-oiled machine. Yeah, man. I'm excited about it. Um, dude, Minimalist. I watched a video, a, a, a documentary about, it's called Minimalist. Cool. And I think it's changed my, so this is what's crazy, man. It's changed my life in a weird way <laughs> because <laughs> it, it's like changed my mentality too. Like, I don't know why I feel like I'm more level headed and like more simple thinking about simpler things. Like things are not that complicated. Uh, it makes perfect sense. Like the more, the more you're trying to think about like everything, it's just like, it's like cluttering your CPU. Exactly. You know what I mean? Um, it's funny though, because like as a drummer, um, it's not exactly the vibe. Minimalist is not our vibe because like, yeah. we like to buy things. We have like, right. trinkets and stuff. We have um, our instrument is a lot of different small parts and stuff like right. that. But with that minimalist way of, of thinking and like organizing, it's so much better for me because like now I know like I won't forget stuff to like for gigs and stuff like because yeah. they're big on having like systems and having a specific place for everything. And like yeah. since I started practicing that, now I know that like it's in everything my not, not not just drums but like if everything has a place like my living area and everything is just more organized so i know that's what i'm talking and about. like that is time efficient too and it's just like it, it's just so much easier to like keep your brain running smoothly you know right what I mean? so i i was watching this documentary and i was looking around my house and i was like it, i started feeling overwhelmed like i felt like the walls were closing in like sure. i have too much stuff like, I got to get rid of this stuff. Yeah. Like, what am I doing? What do I need all this stuff for? And um, it started, I mean, it literally started changing my mindset where I'm like, okay, I'm going to start with clothes. I need to get rid of a bunch of clothes. I don't need, I wear like maybe two or three pairs of pants. And then I have like my gig pants that I always wear. Yeah. And I'm, I maybe have like one pair of dickies that I can work in the yard with or something, you know, and that's all I need. And so I was like looking at my pants. And I'm like, I need to get rid of all this junk. This is junk. I don't wear it. Yeah, you realize um, it's hard to take the big jump in order to like, because uh, you when you have all this stuff, you look at it and you're like, oh, I, I use it all, I, I need yeah. it all. But then, because that's how I feel with my drum stuff, I never really get rid of drum stuff. No, I can't. Get rid of drum stuff. But what what really changed it for me is when I moved from San Jose to San Diego. Um, I was moving into like a already furnished bedroom, and it was like I was just moving in with like some friends, you know. Um, and so I basically moved down here with only everything I could fit in my car. Wow. So. Um, which was cool that I had to be like, I put everything else in storage back in San Jose, but it was supposed to be a temporary thing until I got established. But I ended up living in this house for like a year and a half. And then I realized I'm like, dude, like also from touring as well, I'm like, I can live out of a bag. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I don't need a lot of clothes, you know? And then also I have a lot of drum stuff, but when I came down here, I was like, I need to just only bring what I need. And so that's also a big thing I did when I ordered my drums and I got my drums. I wanted to make sure that I had everything I could need. I would have to change things here and there, but I could do everything. Like yeah. I could have like a smaller jazz kit. I could have something for rock and bigger right. stuff, you know? Um, but like I, when I moved down here, I only moved down here with one drum set, you know what wow. I mean? So, um, yeah, but that, but that year and a half, it showed me, it's like, dude, all that stuff in storage, if that storage unit burnt, yeah, I'd be okay. You're already living without it. Yeah, I'm fine <laughs> without it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so when I got all down here, it's like, okay, it was nice to have like the luxuries of the extra things. Yeah. But I started, I did the same thing. I was like, 
all right, all these clothes gotta go. You know yeah. what I mean? And when you look at your like your closet and all your stuff is there's not a whole lot but like it used to be the point where the pole would bend that's my my closet right now yeah so <laughs> I, like i got rid of enough where like now i can like there's space like i can like push yeah. the clothes aside to get to other things and you see it and now i have it like organized by like color as well uh, and yeah. like and certain things i would wear for certain stuff yeah. and when you see it and it's all organized it's just like it's almost like air you can breathe again you know right. what i mean like and there's so i i'm constantly doing that every time i like i try to like if you haven't worn it or touched it in a year, you're probably not going to. Yeah. Tr like trends and stuff change too. You know what right. I mean? Like I'm not going to wear baggy dickies anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so you can get rid of those things. Yeah. That's, that's where I'm at. Like I have like these, I just, I don't know what it is, man. It's just so, okay. So then that I watched this documentary. I started looking around my house. I haven't done it yet, but I'm thinking about like what's on my back patio is like a little like storage area, tons of stuff back there. There's some stuff that I need, like for drum brigade and stuff, but there's tons of stuff back there. Where I'm like, I don't need any of this. I don't need. I I want to keep my tools. I want to keep my Vespa, and like the stuff I need for drum brigade. Everything else can go. And I'm like thinking about my house. I'm like, and so the difference is, my wife is. I'm married. My wife is very different from me. She's not like she doesn't. She's like I don't. I can take it or leave it, but she does like the stuff in her house. So when we moved in, that was like my first attempt at like minimal stuff i was like we we were living in these places where we were you know we it was a shared living space where we were, we were caregivers yeah yeah and um so we didn't really have a lot of stuff so our stuff was in the in the in the storage or whatever but um i was when we moved into our apartment i was like okay i want i got into this like upcycling thing so like we have this giant like electronic spool you know that they put the wires on oh, yeah, and yeah, that's yeah. our like dining table yeah and um, I was like upcycle stuff. I made this like bike taxidermy things where I can put my bike, hang my bike. Oh yeah, it. yeah. You're talking about like um, what is that called? Like very like Etsy or like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pinterest. yeah like, like repurposing. Yeah, repurposing. Mm -hmm, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I was like also minimal. I was like I want minimal. Like I, we don't need anything that we're not using. Let's let's sell like mm -hmm. at a garage sale. And then um, I so set up the house how I wanted. And then my wife came in with her knickknacks. This is not, there's stuff like shoved under things and above, you know, I'm like, this is not what I want. So we've, we've had some, like some conversations on like, you, do you need the, like, do you need to put this photo album up there? Can we just like, let's, you haven't read this book since we've been married, but you still have it. Yeah. Like, let's get rid of it. Yeah. You know? And, and stuff like stuff that she's like, I really want, I need this, you know, but so now our house is like, very cluttered in my opinion so, like i'm like i don't like that i would i would not have <laughs> i would probably have 25 percent of the stuff i'm like we need one set of dishes we yeah. don't need like four yeah 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 <laughs> i mean that's the thing there are there are people who like um like if they see uh like blank space they want to fill it in you yeah. know what i mean like oh we need stuff there and it's like why no like yeah. do we or like you know oh that wall is empty like so, so what? like yeah. put one picture on it maybe you know what i mean yeah. that that way the focal point is that one picture and it's important it means something you know what i mean yeah. as opposed to putting a bunch of stuff around it and then now you're like i don't even know where to look right also like you know if you it changes everything in you like when you start thinking this way like now like hearing dead space like i don't feel like i have to like fill in the space of conversation right. i could be like we can be silent you know we can like just take in what's around us mm -hmm. or like if you're playing music, you know, you don't have to like 
fill in everything you know what i mean like yeah. you got to learn to like enjoy the beauty of like space and emptiness and that kind of stuff too also like i don't feel like i have to be socially engaged all the time now i'm very right. very happy doing things on my own i like right. going to see movies i like going to eat by myself like yeah. you need time to reflect and like it's also what it's really done is it's really slowed down the pace of my life mm. and it's also made me more patient you know what i mean uh it just I don't know. It just it, things get clearer. You know yeah, what I mean? that's like, exactly how I feel. Yeah. So I haven't made any changes yet for like, hey, I'm getting rid of all this stuff. Um, as far as drum stuff goes, dude, I have tons of stuff, but I kind of have like, sure. I need to. I I have four drum kits right now. Um, I have nine. <laughs> okay, never mind. <laughs> nine? <laughs> yeah. What the heck do you need that many for? I just I never get rid of anything, you know what I mean? And like and they all like serve a purpose. Like, you know, one's a birch kit, so like I would use that. I don't I don't know. I'm like so here's the thing. I like I'm very interested in minimalist living and I like I like it and I like it the influence it has on my life and I like learning from it. But I in no shape or way a minimalist, you know what yeah, I mean? Like yeah. but I just wanna take the things that will help me with my life and make me, you know, better. But um yeah dude if you were to come over and i have it totally organized too where it all fits like on shelves and stuff yeah. like that if you saw it you'd be like oh this isn't that much stuff you right, know what i mean right. and you'd also be like i get it like yeah there's no. specific things for each one you know like there's a difference between acrylic drums and maple right. drums and like you know it's the same for me yeah i have an acrylic kit i have my masters in maple you know and so that's the thing like you don't to be a minimalist you don't have to be like i have to get rid of everything and just have one you know it's yeah. like if you like drums and you you have drums and that's your your line of work dude keep your drums yeah. you know yeah. and and it's the same thing like i have a ton of i have not a ton i pro, i have like 10 snare drums or something and um but i'm like dude no i'm keeping all my snare drums i don't need to get rid of all of them yeah. i like my snare my snare you that's know? my guilty pleasure i love collecting snare drums yeah i would if it was up to me dude if i had the money i would just be buying snare they're so awesome, dude. Yeah, and they serve a purpose. They change your everything. kit. You just change the snare drum, and yeah. you don't even touch your toms, and like the character of your drum set, like in the studio, is different. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, that kind of stuff is different. There, although it changed my mindset. I have, I have, um, I like my first real kit. Like, I had my first real kit that I practiced in the in the garage, and um, you know, it was it was a CB seven hundred that they sold me. I thought it was a Pearl. Oh yeah, I remember this stuff. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, I got rid of that kit. My uncle, one of my, my dad's friends let me borrow a kit and then it was a Rogers kit. I, I wish I could buy that, but um, he still has it too. That one really took my plane to the next level because now I had actual symbol stands and actual symbols that weren't like, like destroyed. Like, you know, yeah, you know yeah, the symbols yeah. that come with CB 700? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, he gave me like real symbols to use. And then, so then I was like, okay, I'm starting to gig. I need a real drum kit. Mm -hmm. So- my uncle helped me go, drove to Vegas in his truck. I bought a Rock Tour Yamaha kit. Rock oh yeah, Tour you talking about this kit? Yeah, it had the rack and everything. It had the rack and everything, and it was uh, five hundred bucks. Bought that kit, played it for like years, and then it had an eighteen-inch floor tom that I turned. I turned that to a kick. Oh, I yeah. still have that kick. That, yeah. that kit was long sold. I still have that. Whoa, I still have that kick drum. Or yeah, I turned it into a kick. And I've been like, I don't want to do that, but I don't have anything else. That so when we were coming in here to build out the studio, I was like, maybe I can build a kit around that kick drum and it'll be one of the student kits that we have. But it was more expensive for me to buy Yamaha Toms, like cheap Yamaha Toms for that kit that match um, than it is to just have. That kit. So, so basically what I'm saying is 
I was like, I got to get rid of that kit, that like kick drum, but it's part of my first kit and I don't want to get rid of it, but I never, ever, ever, ever use it. It's just sitting in my storage. Mm. So I was like, you should just pull it out and use it for something and see this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. It's already. So basically it was a floor Tom. I already drilled holes into it, made legs, put, put leg like Yamaha spurs on it. So the, the, t the shell's already ruined, dude. So I was like, I think what I'm going to do is call that dude on the edge, on the edge drums and have him build like a super small little 18 by like 12 kick drum or maybe two of them and like sell one and then keep this one. And every time I have to play like cocktail hour, a lot at a lot of these gigs. And so before I was bringing a little kick drum so that I wouldn't have to move my 22 inch to the cocktail area. Now I can just have a spare kick drum that works or I could play it, use it as a jazz kick drum. You should build her off of it too, so like it has a like a symbol stand on it. So yeah, like, I want yeah, to. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Yeah, the floor tom like uh, where the floor tom legs go into, there's they're still on there. So like yeah, you can just, you put, can a little, just put a little thing. one in there. Yeah. yeah. So that's what I'm gonna do. So I'm like, all right. So now it has a purpose, and I can keep it, and I can I can hold on to it. I still have this. Is like this will be with me forever. I can put a different wrap on it if I want to, like a veneer or something. So it kind of match, whatever. And I'm like. I think that's going to work. And now I don't feel bad about like having something that I feel like I should get rid of. Mm, yeah. So I'm going to do that. I'm going to hit that guy up and it'll probably be like a couple hundred bucks. Just like cut it, do the bearing edge, put new heads on it. It's like, now it's like a little baby. Kick drum. Um, but anyways, it's changed my mentality, man. Where like, this is the topic of the day too. We'll get into later, but, um, like burnout, like this time of year, I'm freaking burnt, burnt out on, on gigs and all this stuff. And, um, I, I don't know this week I felt different. I just woke up and I felt like I was simple and I was more creative. I was more interested in creative things. Like I'm, I'm like taking the time to just like relax and like read or like, and not be overwhelmed with like, I'm dude, most of the time I'm so stressed out, excuse me, like stressed out about dumb stuff like social media and like the podcast, which is not dumb, but it's like, I feel like I can be creative in other ways. Like I used to and do it simpler, sure. more simple, yeah. you know, and not be like, man, I got to do it like this because this is what everybody else is doing. Yeah. That's not how it works. Like you have to be in order for you to be creative, you have to do it your way. And so now I'm like interested in other things like that. I used to be interested in like fashion and like reading books and yeah. just chilling out, <laughs> like taking like my mind off of things. And it's helping me on my gigs to where, let's get into that later. But like, it's helping me on my gigs to just have a more level mind and be, um, in a better place. Yeah. You know, um, so I listen to this podcast, you know, and like, uh, a lot of the themes that I've been seeing with a lot of like the drummers you guys interview is they grind so hard. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you guys were talking to Thomas Lang and then Stan Bicknell, like yeah. those guys like start at like the crack of dawn and then they're just going so hard. Yeah. Um, granted they have like family, so they have more responsibility than right. I do. But the thing with that, and I, uh, I admire, and I, I think it's so amazing that people work so hard and I have to do the same thing. Cause like, again, we're all drummers. We're like our own little LLC. Right. Yeah. But for me, my approach is a little bit different because, um, I, <laughs> for lack of a better term, I like to stop and smell the roses. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I really think it's important for me um, that I, I like I enjoy the fruits of my labor. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I take chances, uh, a chance to stop and like just enjoy life. So it's like really important for me. Like 
I don't. So I'm saying like I I I work, but like I'm not as crazy as they are. Right. Um. But that's not my vibe. You know, people are different. You know. Um. I grind when I need to grind, but I also think it's really important to like take time off. You know what I mean? And yeah. and do things to like. I I mean, if you work a computer super hard, it's gonna like fry it at a certain yeah, point, right? Yeah. <clears throat> so you got to give it a break, and so I have to do the same thing, like. So it's important for me to like really spend a lot of time with my non-musician and non-music friends and like um, just like, you know, just to like stay fresh. You know what I mean? Right. And that's why I say I like I watch vlogs and stuff on other things outside of my <clears throat> interest or my industry as well, too, because you get inspiration. You know what that's I mean? exactly me, dude. Yeah. And it's yeah. great. And I, I love it, too, because the other thing I learned from all that stuff, too, is you start seeing people's routines and routines are very, very healthy, I feel like. Yeah. Um, and I like... This, when I start adopting stuff, I'm like, oh, this feels like I'm living in this vlog that I watched or something, right. you know, before. And like, it's good. It feels good. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, um, yeah. I feel like that's inspiration to other people too. When people see how you do it, you know, like, like for me, listening to Thomas Lang or listening to Stan, it's like, that's inspiration for me. How hard they grind. Yeah. Um, it may not work for me all the time. You know, I, I'm not waking up at four in the morning. You know, that's just not, I'll, I'll be a zombie all day and I won't be productive at all. Yeah. But taking what you do seriously, um, like they treat it like it's they're clocking into work, man. And yeah, it's, yeah. It's it's a it's like like Stan calls it non-negotiables. You know, like he practices every morning. You know, he works out every day or whatever. You know, so um, that's the kind of stuff that is inspiring for me. But but then, like you said, seeing these other vlogs, listening to other people, listening to other drummers, like um, I I'm as everybody knows, like I'm big on motocross. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually working on another podcast, like a story podcast about that. Cool. Um, but, um, that's doing another creative outlet that just like came up, you know? Yeah. Anyways. Um, yeah. Listening to that is like inspiration for me. But the thing that I have to stay away from is what like the media tells you, you should be, you should, you should be doing like, we should be accumulating all the newest, latest and greatest and stuff that we don't need. Uh, yeah. Know? I like, I'm, I've been like fortunate that I feel like the way I was raised, I like that kind of stuff just kind of flies in yeah. my ear and out. The I other. have to be careful with that, man. Yeah. It's easy to be influenced. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, there's a job out of that now called you're an influencer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. a thing. Um, but yeah, like I, luckily I'm a little bit older so that like, I don't have that mindset. That's I'm not so susceptible to that. Yeah. You know, I, I think I'm there too, dude. I'll be 41 this week. And, um, not proud. Well, not, I'm proud of it, but I'm not happy about it. I don't feel like I'm 41. I still feel like a kid, you know, we're the same age. Yeah. I turned 41 in February. Oh, wow. So my goal, we, too, we both don't look like we're 41. No, though. no. And we that's, don't dress like we're 41. No, we don't yeah. act like it. Either. <laughs> yeah. My, my goal is to, I want to be able to say like in my, like, as I'm getting in, like I'm in my forties now, I want to be in the best shape of my life now. Yeah. too. That's like a thing. Cause like, I've also, I mean, you and I've always talked about, we had like we had like gut issues and you know stomach yeah, issues and stuff yeah. like that and so like i i got really like into like i active of like figuring out what is going on so i can like handle it and you know and we are all doing this i mean you started you became vegan and yeah. that kind of stuff and i want to be conscious of that uh and so like now that like drives me and then so like a same thing start watching like lifestyle vlogs right. and stuff like that <laughs> stuff on like cooking eating meal yeah. prep all that stuff and like workout routines you know yeah and like, I'm not so gung ho and everything. I just want to be, um, I just want to be in touch with everything. Right. And, I, and I feel that that's, that's in my nature. That's how I am musically too. You know yeah. what I mean? I want to play every music form 
appropriately. I, I, I basically, so true, man. It's, in simple terms, I just want to be like, I want to be able to kick it in any type of like situation. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if I'm at a hip hop show, I want to be able to be, I want to be able to be hip hop, but I'm not so gung ho where I'm just like hip hop or die. You yeah. I mean? <laughs> You're <laughs> not rocking your, your hat sideways or yeah, something. <laughs> yeah. I just, I just like, if you, you know, it's like if you're in high school, you just want to be like, you want to be accepted by every click. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the jocks, you know, like the, the burnouts and like the, the cool kids, you know, it's yeah. like, it's not, impo- it's not in, like important for me, but I just, I just want to be able to fit in. I want to like, yeah, I think for me, man, it's, um, it's, it's funny. I think this age is really, it's a funny age because I think society or like younger kids are just like, bro, you're like, like I've had, I've had like three people or two people ask be like, so how old are you? I'm like, oh, I'll be 41 next week. And they're just like, no, yeah, no, no way. No they one believes like, me. They won't accept it. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah, but dude, I'm, I'm okay with it. Like, because I don't feel like I look like my age. I, I just don't like that. Like when I'm talking to like Tosh or something, it's like, I know he's just like, dude, this guy's an old, an old guy, you know, <laughs> I'm probably like a little bit younger than his dad, you know? But, um, but anyways, I'm just saying for me, compared to how I was in my twenties, like I feel so in control now. Like, yeah. and I feel like clear minded, focused. Like I know what I'm doing. I still, obviously there's room for improvement and all that stuff. Always. Um, but as far as my playing, as far as what I'm doing, I'm like, dude, I'm doing what I want. Like I'm yeah. playing how I want. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not trying to fit into somebody else's mold, which is what I was doing. And I feel like the confidence that you have as a 41 year old man, versus a 21 year old man is you can't touch that. Like you, you, it's not that you stop caring, but to a certain extent you're like, bro, I'm too old to be worried about this nonsense. <laughs> yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, that, I mean, that's totally me where I'm like, I, I just don't, I don't know. I'm like, you know, I, you know what I'm saying? You just, I just don't take, I just won't take any nonsense anymore. And then I've, I feel like, I have to be in control. Like you turn into more of like an alpha male sure. as, as an older gentleman, you know, or you're just like, man, I can still be young and still, it's not like we're like out of shape or, you know, we've just like phoned it in like a lot of 40 year old plus guys or girls do a lot of them. But that at the same time, like I don't own a house, you know, I, I drive an okay car. Well, li- the world has changed. <laughs> the world has I mean? changed. Yeah. yeah. yeah like, but that's the other but thing. I'm happy, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, it, that's another thing, too. And I, I realized that the other day I was, like, going to a gig. I was, like, super content. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like, I am so content with my life. And that's that's a blessing. And that's, that's the word. amazing, yeah. That's the word I was thinking of when I was talking about the minimalist stuff is I feel like this week my mindset has changed to where everything that I'm doing in my day-to-day life has been like, man, I'm totally cool with this. Like, yeah. I can't – I don't know why I'm, like – you know, normally my soapbox, there's always something that's bugging me, you know, and that's not going to go away. That's just my personality. (laughs) (laughs) That's just my personality, man. Like that's, that's, I get that from my mom. My mom's this like hot blooded Puerto Rican woman, you know, that's like every, not every, my mom's a sweetheart, but don't cross her, you know? And, and, and my dad's kind of like that too. But anyways, uh, it still is like to this week. I mean, I just, I've been working so much, dude. Like, it's not all great gigs, you know, it's just work gigs. And, um, I'm just like, I'm due to this time of year. I owe it. happens every year. I'm so burnt out. I, the, like, I, I, okay. I'll, I'll put it this way. 
my wife first okay hold on let me let me just transition into the question of the day okay all right let's just do that yeah okay topic of the day my topic of the day is burnout how do we deal with it When when you're burnt out yeah because for me so this is my life right like I, I think I'm working more than I ever have besides like when I was touring like a maniac. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm probably working as much as when I was touring. I'm just home. Uh, but it's like gigs every day or lessons every day and, or podcast. Something is going on work related every day, seven days a week. Mm-hmm. Um, if I have a day off, it's like, I don't have a gig, but I'm working on something mm-hmm. and I'm spread really thin. Um, I'm not complaining. I love it because I'm, you know, it's like, I'm, it's not like I'm so busy swamped doing carpet. Like I'm swamped, you know, or construction or something. I'm swamped doing what I love to do, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, man, sometimes you feel like, dude, I don't love this right now. The other day I was, I was, I came home from my gig and I was just getting ready for bed. And it was like midnight. My wife was up on her computer or whatever. And and so she was just like, how you doing? And I was just like so tired and I was just talking to her and I was just like, yeah, you know, it was cool. It was just another gig, whatever. And so we started talking and I was just like, yeah, you know, like, I don't know what it is. I'm like, just it's every time this time of year, I have to just take it for what it is. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm just really burnt out. I said, but I, I don't know if I've ever felt this way where I'm just, I, I was like, it was Saturday night. And so Sunday I had another gig. I was just like, man, I would give anything to not play tomorrow. <laughs> I, I think um well as musicians uh we're always like you want to strike while the iron's hot yeah right? well the gigs yeah. are there you just want to take everything because yeah. you're like i don't know when it's not when it's going to dry it's exactly up or whatever what it's like yeah. um and i think it's in, like i said it's important to stop and smell the roses like yeah maybe um <clears throat> it's important for you to be like um i got offered five gigs next week right but what if you're like i'll take three of them so it's like what you said. So this, so this week I was just telling you about this, but I'm going to tell the people, <laughs> mm. um, this week I was supposed to have a few flyout dates. I, and like one of them fell through, it was supposed to be a reunion for Swedehead, my old band. Um, that it was in Sacramento that fell through. So, but I had two of my normal gigs. I think there were two weddings or corporate events. They paid very well for, or pretty well for, for corporate um, but then I also double booked myself on a fly out to Mexico city. Anytime I do fly outs or tours or anything these days, I, I make that like a vacation. I make the most of it. Yeah. Um, and, and you're like vlogging it too, right? And you're, like, you're just it like too. killing all the birds with all the stuff. Yeah. Like and I, and I have to take that into account too, that this is content. Even if I'm losing a little bit of money, I'm losing like a substantial amount of money for like this weekend. <laughs> but like you're saying, I kind of have to put it into perspective like that, where it's like, man, the last, I don't care how much I'm getting paid. The last place on earth I want to be most of the time on the weekends is at those gigs. Those are not great fun gigs. Those are like pure work gigs. The only thing that I like about them is the musicians that are on the, gig. Mm. but everything else is annoying me, you know? And, and so what I'm saying is I bailed on the work gigs. I'm doing, I'm taking the flyout date. It's going to be a huge show. It's going to be awesome. We're flying out a day early. I'm, I get to see one of my favorite bands, Tokyo Scott Paradise Orchestra is yeah. playing the night before. Great. And um, so I kind of 
I, dude, so I made the mistake of like, I was kind of pissed off that I'm bailing on all this money for, I started getting the work, the working man mentality. I was pissed off that I'm bailing on a, a big paycheck over the weekend to go do this date with this band that I'm like also annoyed with most of the time, you know, and it shouldn't be like that. And so I was like, like, why did I take this gig in the first place? I should have just not taken this gig and been like, I have a work gig, but I'm not that I'm not like I do the wedding gigs and the corporate gigs as a means to an end as, as work, but that's not me. Like, so I get to go and play in a ska big band, which is me. That's what I'm known for. That's why I took this gig because I'm going to do a cool vlog. I'm going to be able to travel. I'm going to see some cool bands. I'm going to hang out and do this on the level that I want to do it. And at. you're still making money. Yeah. I'm still making some. Yeah. And so I got to, you got to stop think, dude, when you're a creative person or an artist, you can't think about money, man. You have to yeah. think about your creativity first. Yeah. I've, I've also realized that, um, it's you can't you can't cry over spilt milk like uh, oftentimes i used to get bummed out like i would get called for these gigs and i'd be like oh that sounds great and the bread sounds great and then all of a sudden they like fall through and you're just like yeah. oh man and now i realized in my brain i was like were you already accounting in your in your uh, yeah and you're like your your life for that money already i'm like no dude that's ridiculous yeah. don't do that so like i stopped doing that and like it's yeah and it's important that you you have to think about money a little bit but you have to find a balance about right. that right right so <clears throat> I mean, oftentimes people are like, yeah, I would have made blah, blah, blah this weekend if I didn't go doing this. And it's like, why even think about that? that. You can't, you can't even change that now. You know what I mean? Obviously there's a higher priority, you know what I mean? Like, and like you should live your life the way you need to and want to, you know what I mean? So that, and that's, that's the truth of the matter. It's like you, you, that's why you get burnt out because you're, you're busy doing jobs that you don't want to do. It's, it's, you know, and, and you, you get burnt out because you don't want to be there. But if you're, 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 um, I don't know, you're, you're paying attention to your creativity or you as an artist or what you enjoy this, like I was basically going to turn down an awesome experience, an experience that I'll remember forever, a travel. I, I, I love traveling. I love it. And I love, I love, I feel like I'm truly doing what I'm supposed to be doing when I do a fly out when I fly over to Europe and do a tour or something. I f- or when I play on a big stage, I'm like, this is where I should be. So I'm going to give that up to play some like stupid wedding that I'm going to have a soapbox about. I don't care how much money it is. Yeah. And you know, and so I, I have to stop and kind of think like, this is how I keep my sanity. Um, you know, I, I shouldn't complain about this opportunity, even though it may not be paying what I want, or I may not be treated the way I want. I still, you know, I'm going to give this opportunity to somebody else, you know, just to take a quick payout. That doesn't make sense to me. Um, yeah. Do I need the money? Of course I do, but dude, I'll be, you know, (laughs) more will come of this. I think there are more gigs. The other thing too, uh, this will be a good experiment now that we've talked about this and, uh, you're going to go to do this, these gigs this coming weekend, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to go into it, like go into it with like a positive yeah. mindset. And you're going to be like, yo dude, like I am going to enjoy myself. Right. I'm going to have a great time. Um, don't even think about those other gigs. Yeah. And like, if we talk next week, like let's see where your, where your brain's at. Like, yeah. let's see how you feel on that, on that, on that burnt, you know, side right. of it, you know? Right. Um, I did something, I don't know how much this relates to this, but I did something interesting last month. I took, I went through my calendar and I totaled up all the money I made from all the gigs in that month. Mm-hmm. I think this is another thing. I, I think it's important to look back 
you have to see the things you are doing and achieving so that you can kind of get a like a, a big picture on your life on how, th how things are going, but also too. So I was thinking about it. I, I totaled up all the money I made on these gigs and then I divided it by um, 160, which would be 40 hours a week, which would be like a full-time job uh -huh. just to see like how much I'd be making in comparison. You yeah. know what I mean? I was like, well, that's pretty decent, you know? Yeah. But then I went and then I totaled the actual real amount of time that yeah, I was there. I was gigging and you know that I had lauded for that. Uh -huh. And it went from 160 hours a month to 52 really yeah 52 hours of gigging you yeah. know what i mean and granted there's like That's travel good. time and setup you know so but even if i doubled it it's still only 104 hours it's still yeah. short of a full-time job right yeah so that made me realize it's like dude like i'm pretty well compensated for for my efforts you yeah. know what i mean and yeah. so um and that made me appreciative and then like i was like dude yeah like it just it gives me a sense of like, yeah, dude, like it's cool, you know, yeah. like what you're what you're doing, like, and you're doing it on your own terms too. You're saying yes to things. It's not like you're asking for things, right? You know what I mean? That's that's the thing, man. And and so, I never thought about it that way. That's that's really interesting because, as musicians, dude, we I don't know what it is, man. We complain. I don't know you pro you don't catch you don't strike me as a guy that complains, but I I hang around a lot of musicians that complain a lot. I got complaints, man, and I and I got complaints too. I got complaints too. I complain a lot about, I've had to really work on this over the last like two years because I would show up with just, I would show up on my soapbox, you know, and just have a bad attitude. And, and then it, I would start having musicians that don't want to be around me. Yeah. And I don't, I'm not trying to be that guy. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm trying to like, just, even if I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm upset about something. I want to just maybe keep it in, keep it to myself, use it for content on the show, you know, but try to be pleasant to be around. And so what changed my mentality, this minimalist thing too, this week was different for me than other weeks. I had, I had just great gigs all week. And most of the time I'm bored out of my mind. You've heard me talk about it on the show where I'm watching YouTube on my <laughs> kick drum. That's insane. And like playing these stupid songs that I don't want to play. And I started trying to think about that, like in a more simple way as to, like I've been listening to a lot of other podcasts and I, I started reading a book of like another musician book. It's called, um, it's from Anthony Smith. Who's been on our show. Um, yeah. And he's an author. And so I just started this book and it's, and he was the beginning starts off with him ranting about being a musician and doing gigs. You don't want to do. He's like be, being a true artist and trying to do art but then being forced to make ends meet on gigs that you don't want yeah. to do. Like, and he likens it to like Wolfgang Puck or some, like some chef that's like a gourmet chef, but he's flipping burgers at Burger King and somebody coming up to him and being like, well, at least you're doing what you love to do. And he's like, yeah, I'm cooking, but this isn't what I do. Yeah. And that's how I feel all the time. I feel like I'm being suppressed, like, or some, maybe that's not the right word, but I don't know. I feel like, yeah, I was, I was trying to think of it in that way as to, yeah, man, if I have drumsticks in my hands, I'm doing what I love. And this was how it was when I was teaching at School of Rock. I was just like, this isn't, this isn't what I do. Like, this isn't, this isn't the kind of teacher I am. Yeah. And I should be teaching at my place. Um, I shouldn't be teaching at somebody else's place and then teaching their way. That's not how I do it. So, yeah, I have drumsticks in my hands, and I'm proud of that. I'm making ends meet, and some people would, you know, love that. But for me, it's not me. And, and it's the same way with these casuals. I'm like... Yeah, it's a means to an end. I do get to practice and play and just, you know, mess around on these gigs. But at the end of the day, man, 
it's not truly what I'm supposed to be doing. It's just my job. Sure. There is a definitive uh, line between like work and, yeah. and you know, it's just like if you were like a really good artist, but like you do caricatures on the, on the exactly, beach, you know what I yeah. mean? Like you're not like using your potential yeah. and it's like work, but it's a means to an end, you know? It must be so frustrating for them when people are like, hey, man, it's so great. You get to sit here on the beach and you're doing what you love. And they're like, this isn't. <laughs> but it's like you know that's how it is yeah, sometimes it is. these people are in a cubicle you know typing emails for some other guy's business and we're complaining that we have to you know play you know some of the most beautiful places like on the water here in san diego like you know or whatever you know, some of these awesome hotels and stuff and we get fed good and we get to drink and we get to do whatever yeah. we want you get to eat food that you wouldn't normally go out and buy yeah sometimes. exactly so amazing yeah. yeah and and like here I am still complaining, but I, so Vinny, Vinny Caliuta's podcast too. I've been listening to it. It's really good. And, um, first episode's so fire. So great. Yeah. It's like so great. the committing one. I was yeah. just like, yes, dude. Yeah. It's so, and if Vinny is, Vinny is great at whatever he does, man. It's like, that's another guy that's unapologetically him. Yeah. But he's even talked, he was, I, I was so glued to this episode where he was talking about being a studio musician and doing like three sessions a day and having to go in with a clean slate. And like, not think about, gosh, man, like this is a grind, you know? Mm -hmm. And all of us look up to Vinny and are like, man, I could just be like that, you know? And it's like, he's had to go through the same thing as a working musician. And so, man, it's like helped me to like, kind of think more simple, this minimal thing and all that stuff of like, man, I'm going to these gigs. It's not always like as, as great as it, as I, you know, it could be, but I have to kind of change my mentality and think about man, why do I go? Yeah. Okay. I love to play my drums, but there's nights when my back is hurting or my stomach is hurting. I ate some, some food that I, some rich food that I shouldn't have eaten at yeah, this gig. And that's hard. And now my stomach hurts and I don't want to <clears> be here. And like, I would, I would just, I wish we could, there's times I, like I've mentioned on the show, I've wanted to call the cops on ourselves and be like, Hey, there's a loud band playing. I'm trying to go to sleep. What the heck? Like, stop this and then have them come and shut us down. <laughs> Call a bomb threat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like there's been times where I've like wanted to do that so I could get out of this gig, you know? And, and so I started thinking, man, like, you know what, one thing that's consistent that I enjoy, even when it's a grind like this is I, I love the hang aspect. Sure. I, I love hanging out with my peers, hanging out with other musicians that I respect the stories and the stuff that's happened and the, jokes and the funny stuff that we talk about. I'm with these guys a lot, you know. I'm with Kevin Freeby a lot. I'm yeah. with James East a lot. Yeah. And like last night it was the gig that I didn't want to do. I was talking to my wife about. And I was hanging out with Marcel and James and I was just like me and James like parked in the same area and we were walking down the street and uh, we were walking to the gig. And normally I'm just like, you know, I'm always stoked when I'm walking to the gig till like through the first set. God, still got hours <laughs> you know but i was like thinking man like i get to hang out with this dude like james is one of the nicest one of the greatest dudes in town you know one of the one of the best people i've ever met mm -hmm. and i have you subbed it out to me he's great yeah he's so nice such a nice guy man he's so such a beast on his instrument too. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like he's so humble you'll yeah. never ever hear him say that you'll never ever hear him like be like i killed that you know <laughs> like you know anything like that he's just he's the nicest guy you, you know, and, um, he's a great, he's a great hang, great conversation. Great. And so I was like thinking that like, you know, aside from playing my drums, aside from thinking, man, I just don't want to do this. 
I still get to hang out with Marcel and James, mm-hmm. and those are two solid dudes. And maybe it's about that. Like maybe it's about that for me. Like maybe it's just about the experience that I'm getting hanging out with them, hanging out with other artists, you know, that are creative and where we have a connection because we're like-minded in that way. Um, maybe it's about that. And, and I should stop thinking, you know, about myself and about how much I hate the bride mm-hmm. <laughs> or the, the, the wedding planner. Yeah. Um, I should think more about, you know, like when I, when I play with Anthony or with Kevin, you know, Anthony Smith is another one that I always, I, I look up to as a musician. I think he's a phenomenal musician, but he's an, he's an author. He's another creative artist that has gone through the same struggles as me. And when we're hanging out, I'm always laughing. We're always cracking jokes. We're always having good conversations. We're always sharing each other's sharing opinions openly and not being judged. We've talked about like weighty stuff, dude, like religion and and um, politics and stuff like that. And it's like, you, you know, everybody, everybody's different and you take it or leave whatever you want. And that is like kind of what got me through these gigs this week where I was like, man, like I'm so content and happy to be here now because I'm focusing on what I enjoy about it, which is the hang. Yeah. More than like, ah, my back hurts. Keep yourself on the positive, you know yeah. what I mean? Um, a lot of times on on gigs like that, how what I, I like to focus on is, <clears throat> um, <clears throat> so I don't practice at my house. I can't, you know what I mean? Like So anytime I'm on my drums, I'm consciously thinking about, oh, there's stuff you need to work on, right? Yeah. Um, and some of the most important things I've been hearing recently, and like this just sits with me, is like people talk about, I think I've heard Mark Juliana say it. I've heard that guy, the 80-20, talk about it. Yeah. He's like the difference between uh, drummers um, that I don't. I, they always say like pro and novice, right? Mm. I, I hate that terminology. Me too. But what the the difference is, is on the on the people who take drumming seriously is they they play from their um, they play to the sound. You know what I mean? So they play out of their hands as opposed to like um, so like if you put like someone like like a really really good drummer on any drums they would sound good immediately because they play to the sound that they're producing mm-hmm. as opposed to like their technique you know and like mar juliana talks about that he like he works on his sound so when i'm doing gigs i am consciously thinking and working on just trying to sound as good as i possibly can especially if i'm in like a backline situation or yeah. a low volume situation or situations where you have to compromise the way you would normally play right, right. because i want to sound the way I sound, I want to sound like myself. I want to sound like I have energy and like I'm contributing to the, to the vibe and the energy of the music. But, um, like say we're doing an Eddie V's gig, right? It's super low volume, especially in that first set. Right. Yeah. So like, um, I start thinking about that stuff. You know what I mean? I'm like, how do I change my touch? How can I? And so I'm, I'm, con- I'm, I'm working on this stuff. Yeah. And like it, and afterwards I feel good. Like if things went the way I wanted them right. to, you know? Um, like say you're playing like just the two of us, right? Like I'm consciously thinking about trying to keep the 60 notes and the hi-hat going the whole time so that it has like unity within the groove, you know, but yet like at a low volume, you know what I yeah. mean? Um, so I like, I, I, I try to do those types of things, you know what I mean? So that I feel like as well as doing the gig, like I'm also like working on myself, being myself and that yeah. kind of stuff too. Yeah, I, I've been I've been thinking about that too. Like a lot of my it's just weird, man. When I teach a lot, I feel like I play a lot better. Um, cause I'm, I'm also working on the same thing that I'm teaching with my students. Even if it's basic stuff, I'm still using my hands to like play a proper double or something to show them sure. how to play it correctly. Um, 
or when I'm playing a lot, like I've noticed that because I've been playing so much that confidence is there where I'll just try to execute something that I probably wouldn't have been able to accomplish like February, you know, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. When, when we weren't playing a lot. And, and that's the thing that I keep tr- constantly thinking is like, man, things are going well right now. I have, I have more gigs than I can handle. And, um, you know, and, and that's cool, you know, but I, I also want to keep like, keep that mentality that when January hits or February hits January, I'm always swamped with them and all that stuff. But yeah. I'm looking at my schedule for January and I'm like, I got no gig, man. Like (laughs) every Saturday in January is open. I'm just like, that's that all year that hasn't happened. We come from like two different, um, two different worlds though, as, as working drummers, as far as like in, in San Diego. Cause like you, you get called for, I am like a sub drummer because like I'm, I'm not in town a lot of times. So, um, I don't get called for like steady or like, like regular things. Right. So Mm -hmm. I get called into sub which is a terrifying world though too because you're yeah. always looking down the barrel of a ca- of an empty calendar but right. I don't know if you're just a good good hang good musician like it'll fill up you can you, yeah. you we live a, lo- a lot of our life on faith yeah man, you know what i mean true. and when i moved to san diego i moved out here with no no leads no nothing you know what i yeah. mean but and my parents were just like well if you believe in yourself like just have faith and i'm just like okay and like yeah it wasn't until like you get the ball moving, you're like, oh man, like if you do have faith, like it'll happen. It'll happen, and you gotta really have. You have to trust your hands. You have to believe in yourself. Yeah, that's important. And, it, and like I said, it comes through in the way you play and and how you are as a person. You know, yeah. If you're a confident person, people want to be around you. People want to hire you. Yeah, I've noticed that too. That's that goes back to what we're saying about being like not in our twenties, even thirties. You know, where now I feel like my confidence is there for like a lot of these gigs where I can go in, like even on auditions and stuff. I don't do, I don't do auditions very much anymore. I just don't like eat it. I can, I can take on another gig like that. But, um, the last auditions that I've done, like probably the last three auditions I've done, I'm like kind of, you know, it sounds, sounds arrogant, but I've kind of gone in like, I got this. Yeah. <laughs> you have to, you have to believe in yourself. You don't yeah. have to be, there's a difference between confidence and arrogance. Yeah. You know? And it's not like, it, you just got to think like that in order to land an audition, you know, like you have to have that confidence because then they believe it. But if you don't believe in yourself, you're going to play like that. And you know, it's not that I'm saying I'm better than anybody else. I'm just saying, dude, I've done this for years now, dude. Like we've done this for years and years and years and we've done, we've toured on all different types of levels and we've played all different types of gigs and taught and you know we've it's like dude come on you're not going to throw anything at me that i don't know how to do you know like maybe but if i'm if i'm auditioning for your band i'm not going to go in and audition for like animals as leaders because i know that's not my thing so hard i can't can't do that (laughs) but you know what i'm saying it's like all the auditions that i've done i'm like no i know i know what i need to do i know you know i know what i bring to the table that's it and so yeah anyways i feel like this year is closing out on a good in a good place good it's in a good place i feel like last week was a real i have like real highs and lows man sometimes i feel like i'm i'm bipolar (laughs) some like some days dude i feel like i'm on top of the world and then some days i'm like how could things get worse than this you know people don't know that um but like we had a really great week for drum brigade last week that probably helped in my mental sanity (laughs) Um, with Thomas Lang on the show and it was a big episode for us, you know, but, um, the, the gigs, you know, when your calendar's full and you're, you've got work and you're going to be okay. It's like, I always try to think, I don't want to think negative. 
like, but what if it goes away? But I, I always have that in the back of my mind, like, Hey, when you didn't have this, you were still making it work. And so you like, I, like I have these residency gigs on and I, I just got offered another residency. I'm just like, I, I can't take it. Like I'm good, you know? And, or like not, a, not a residency, but like, like a month long residency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and so I'm like, okay, see, this is a perfect example of things come together, you know? And it's like when they, when I didn't have these residencies, there was other, other ways that I was making it work then. Yeah. And so, you know, it's, it, it's not dude in this line of work, as you know, and as all, a lot of musicians know, it's not, it's not always great. You know, it's sometimes it's like, bro, I don't know how I'm going to make my rent. Hey, I need another few weeks, you know, or like whatever. I have to drive Lyft or Uber this week, you know, I've been there, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, um, so, but for right now it's, you know, I have to think about that when things get slow that like it will pick up again. You're going to be burned out, you know, at the end of summer and you're going to want to do anything else but play drums. But for right now, just think about that. Uh, it'll be fine. Yeah. Like also too, like when you're busy, you know, like do, do as much as you can, you know, but like also think about that stuff and like stack some of that loot and be like, I'm going to stack it and save this for like when it does get slow. So that like when during those slow times, you can do stuff to enjoy yourself. Yeah. Too, you know what I mean? Well, and, that, and that's the thing too. When we're, when we're slow, I like that's when everybody starts becoming creative, you know, and everybody's like, well, I don't have a gig this weekend. Let's do a fun gig. You know, let's, let's book an original gig, yeah. you know, and, or let's go on the studio or let's film a video or, you know, so that's the other stuff I need to, I need to think about too, is like, okay, like maybe I don't have every Saturday. I still have my in January, but I have Nam that I'm not going to book any gigs on anyway. And then I have like my residency gigs that I'm, so it's fine. It's, it's good. But now let's take those weekends and like, or those days that I don't have work, be creative and keep the ball rolling, set us up for the next year. You know, and that's, that's how you have to think you're like running a business, running a podcast, all that stuff, dude, complicated. You got a lot of stuff on your plate. <laughs> Bro, it's like so crazy sometimes, but I love, I genuinely love it. Yeah. I do genuinely, especially drum brigade stuff. Drum brigade is, you know, you've dude, you were one of the first dudes I ever talked to when it was just an idea. Yeah. And, um, and what's crazy is I always tell people is you're one of the only guys that got it from the first time I talked to you. Whereas a lot of people are like, yeah, but what is it after I just explained it all, you know, <laughs> and it's like, well, dude, okay. Get out of your head that we sell stuff. We don't sell things. We like, we don't rent things. I was like, I was talking to a girl this week that was like a social media influencer. She was, she worked at a car dealership, but she, anyways, long story short, she was like, so what, what kind of work are you? And I'm like, I'm a professional drummer. And I have a podcast. She's like, you have a radio show? And I'm like, well, it's not a radio show, but it's kind of like one. Yeah. And then she was like, so what do you do? And I'm like, well, I play drums and I have like a company that works with the drum community. And I was trying to explain it to somebody who doesn't know. She's like, so do you sell drums? And I'm like, no. So do you rent drums? I'm like, no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, She's like, do you teach drums? I'm like, yes. And she's like, okay, do you teach anything else? And I'm like, no, just drums. And I'm like, and I have a podcast. And she's just like completely confused. What do you, what do you mean? Like, I'm like, it is what it is. Just look us up. I yeah. don't know. I mean, also too, like sometimes people immediately, all they think about is like, how does it make money? Yeah. And it's like, I, I don't know. When we started talking about it, I was like, dude, we're just going to be like a, like a drum gang. And yeah. Like, yeah. And I was like, dude, I'm in. Yeah, I was like, exactly. how do I jump in? Like, <laughs> play paradiddle I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly yeah. and so i dude i appreciate that because like a lot of you know not only like you're you're 
a lot of the guys that are like, I call them like the dudes that like, like are out there doing it. You know, they're, it's not like you're a guy that's, you know, you know, the struggle you're out there grinding, you're out there working. You, 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 I don't know. You're a drummer with style, like on and off the kit. Um, you, you just understood it right away and, um, got it. And that's rare. Believe me. There's a lot of drummers out there that I've been like, man, he's a great drummer, but he's not drum brigade, you know? <laughs> and, um, it's cool. Like, it's cool that that happened because, and then it's cool that like, for me, that's what's, that's what's kept me going over the years. Like you or like Phil, few others that have been like, not really wanting anything in return, but still believe it. You know, a lot of guys are just like, yeah, man, just send me some stuff. I'm like, ah, that's not what we're about, dude. I want to send you stuff, but like, you don't get it. <laughs> Dude, the, a big thing. Okay, actually, I had an experience. Well, uh, this is, God, this is, you know when you get an idea and all of a sudden you get all these ideas that are flooding yeah. your head? The biggest word that I really appreciate and I love in my life right now is community. Yeah. Um, I, uh, so in, in where I'm from, in San Jose, like when I was growing up, there was, there was a music community. You know, there were venues and stuff. But as like it started becoming more the Silicon Valley and tech, that stuff just started dropping off and disappearing because like people couldn't afford it. You know what I mean? That kind of stuff. Um, and so I realized, I didn't realize how much I was lacking community until I moved to San Diego. Yeah. And I started realizing, I'm like, dude, there is a community for anything out here. Yeah. Like I, if I talk specifically about music, you can go and like, it doesn't matter what kind of music you're into. You can be into like noise, you know, like, yeah. like the locust or something. Right. It's uh. like so dissonant and loud and just abrasive. Uh. But dude, like there are communities of people that love that. And if you find it, they're just like, Welcome. Welcome. You're one yeah. of us. You know yeah. what I mean? And like, and I love that. Like I went to uh, a gig of my buddies um, the other day. He was playing this thing that was in a parking lot of this like mattress store in North Park. Uh -huh. And it was sick. It was a sick event. There was like arts and crafts and, you know, food. And they had a DJ and it was at this like a uh, mattress store. So all the beds were there for you can chill on and just like <laughs> listen That's to the cool. DJ. It was dope. Right. Yeah. Um, and my friend Matt DiBiase performed. He has this, this solo thing called Plexus Play. It's, uh -huh. it's dope. We should talk about it some other time. But, um, <laughs> Yeah, but I, I realized, I, so I walked there from my house. It was, like, so close that I walked there. And then without even, like, really, like, talking to my buddies, my buddies were all there, too. And I was like, whoa, man, what are you doing here? <laughs> like, you know, and I was like, we all ended up there. And we're all there because, like, we want to support the music of our friends. And, yeah. like, and I was like, dude, community. Like, you know what I yeah. mean? Like, and community, there are, I know other musicians, too, that just are always like, I, I just need people to come to my show and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, dude community is a two-way street you gotta right. get back you gotta go support other people if you support other bands and other musicians they're gonna want to support you as well it's right. a it's a thing you gotta like we're all in this together right um and so i think that's that's the thing like and for me if i am ever at um if i ever have an opportunity to like contribute to anything like i want to as much as i can because that makes me feel good too you know right. what i mean like i get a lot of personal reward from giving anything that I can contribute. If it's like, just even like, if someone's like, dude, can you help me like move a bunch of stuff? I'll be like, yeah, whatever you need, you know? Yeah. Like, um, that's cool. Or if someone's like, dude, can you learn how to do this? Because like, I need someone to do this and I'll be like, I'll try, you know? <laughs> but then if it works out, then you, <clears throat> you've grown too. Yeah. I, I like that too. That's, that, that's a, a big thing for me. Community is a big thing because like, I always want that sense of belonging. Yes. And then I like, I like the idea of, I didn't have that when I was a kid. Like I, I felt like I belonged with my friends, but when I was in school and stuff, like I looked different, like not, I'm guaranteed I'm the only Puerto Rican kid in 
Lake Elsinore, Wildemar, or whatever, <laughs> me and my family. Yeah. And I knew the other Puerto Ricans in, in our area. Um, so like it was, I didn't feel like I belonged. And the only time I felt like I finally belonged is when I was like, I got into ska music or I got into skateboarding and like BMX. Then I was like, Oh, that kid that's into skateboard. Then it's like, you did like the skateboarding community was such a different, um, community for me because it didn't matter what you were. It, it, it like took away whether you're like a black skater or yeah. like a Hispanic skater, you're just a skater. Yeah. And, um, even though I wasn't good at skating, it was like, I was finally accepted just because I skated in a community yeah. in a community. Yeah. And that's what I love. That's what I wanted to bring to the drum community where it was like, man, I never really felt accepted by my own community. And drumming is the thing that I've done the longest in my whole life. I was like, I started playing drums when I was three and I've loved it ever since then. You know, like it was never like, okay, I want to be a drummer. It was just like, I just came out as a drummer, mm -hmm. you know, and I just play drums. It's a feeling that comes out that no one has ever like, I, I, no one taught me that until I started taking lessons. Just the feeling that came out isn't taught. That's just me. Mm -hmm. And so I never really felt, I always felt inferior in our community as a drummer, I always felt like I wasn't good enough, you know, whether it was cause I couldn't read when I was a kid or whether it was because I didn't sound like, you know, the other kids like Ron Bruner. Or I, it, it happened when I was in high school. I met, this is another topic, but I met, um, my buddy Jules Rodriguez. His dad was, was Art Rodriguez, um, who was my, ended up being my teacher. But I saw Jules at school wearing a Sabian jacket in the locker room. And I was like, this guy a drummer. So I went up to him like, Hey man, how's it going? I'm like, are you a drummer? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, Oh, me too. And I was like, we're friends immediately, you know? And then we, this is my first shed, like shedding with him at his house. Dude ripped me a new one. His dad was a pro drummer and his dad was like, I didn't know what rudiments were or anything. And he was playing in odd times. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He was like so crazy doing all these fills. And like, I brought a double bass pedal and you know, I was into like, I was into like Primus and stuff. Yeah. And, he was doing everything that I was doing with one foot and like just showed me what drummers could really do. Mm. And I was like, <gasps> like, I don't know how to play drums. And then I immediately felt inferior, you know, but also motivated as well. But then too. motivated. Yeah. And yeah. we became friends, dude. We were, we were in jazz band together and like he was first chair. I was second chair. And, um, you know, it was cool. We became, we became friends, you know, and I overcompensated with my attitude and like my, my being funny and, you know, basically doing the podcast, but like as a kid in high school jazz. Yeah. And, um, uh, anyways, you know, it's just like, I never, I still never felt like when we go to Nam show, I would shrink back and not want to play. If I ever went to like a shed, I never went to sheds as a kid. I didn't know what it was, but I never felt like I was good enough to, I was always terrified to play. Like I would play gigs and stuff, but I would never like, if, if I was around other drummers, I never felt like I'm a drummer too. I can play too. Mm. I always felt like I'm not like, even to the point if somebody was like, Hey, you want to jump in? Like, I would be like, no, no, like, no, I'm not a drummer. Like, dude, that's defined me since I was three, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's why drum brigade came about where I was like, man, I don't want any other, the last thing on earth I ever want a kid to feel is that I want a kid to feel like he's been given a gift playing drums and he should be able to show how, like, he should be able to have that feeling come out of him anytime he wants to, or at least, especially when he's in his community. Like, I never wanted to feel like, I never felt like, man, 
I shouldn't skate. I'm not welcome here. If you're a skater, people are, if you pull off something like you're, you do your best, the skater community is going to cheer you on and be like, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah Corey, you yeah. know? And, um, I always wanted that in my drum community. I never felt that. And so, so drum brigade came about through my, my, my liking of skateboarding community. Um, it was like, I just want kids to feel like that, feel accepted, feel welcome, feel like never feel inferior, feel like, man, they can, they can do this. They're drummers too, just like me. And no one can take that away from them. And even if they completely butcher something or something, it's still like, yeah, man, try it again. That was great. You know, like, and that's, that's what I really started feeling when I started teaching where I could help kids not feel scared to play or, you know, that's what I loved about teaching school of rock. They get to play a show and they get to have that feeling. There's only a few of my students that I could tell had, but, um, I, I like that. I feel like the next generation doesn't have as much as of that. The, the shedding generation of like they're used to being in front of other or other people, other drummers, whatever. But anyways, that was the whole point of it. It was to, to feel that community and not to, to help people not feel inferior and not feel unwelcome. Yeah. The uh, community gives, uh, at least for me, it gives me a sense of validity. It gives me the, it makes me feel that like anything I do or want to say or whatever, it makes, it makes me feel valid. Like my opinions are valid and that's great. That's like a, it's an empowering place to be. And like, that's important to me. So it should translate into the way you like are like you get asked to do a gig because they want you as a person, as a drummer or whatever. And you're, you're what you bring to the table is valid, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, well that's, it's cool, man. Um, let's transition. Let's do, so, I, I, apparently I hear both of us have soapboxes today. I have a soapbox. <laughs> and then uh, we have the wheel of death that we can get on a few questions just to keep us going. And um, But we've been, I mean, dude, it's funny. When you come in, we can just chat for hours about like anything. <laughs> yeah, we've almost missed lessons when we used to teach together because I we know, just be chatting true. in the hall. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> it's so true. Um, kids waiting in there just like, oh. Yeah, I'm like, no, keep practice. Do your warm up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude, yeah, I'll be in a minute. It's yeah. like 30 minutes later. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, my lesson's over. We're like, oh, how was it? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, that's, that's so true. That's how it is. So, um, okay, I'm gonna transition. Yeah, let's do it. Drum, 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 drum Brigade Podcast. Oh yeah, Drum Brigade Podcast episode 58, I believe. I believe it's 58. Yeah, that's what you started with. Okay. Um, I'm loading the Wheel of Death, but we're gonna get to that a little, a little bit later. Um, okay. Yeah. Let's talk about, let's just, you want to do yours first? Sure. Kevin, 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 Kevin. I ain't trying to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is, this is an honor actually. Like, um, so before I get into this, I like to say that my soapbox is like said with the utmost love, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I, I'm coming from a place of love and positivity. But the reason why I'm on a soapbox is because um, so a lot of gigs that I do in uh, locally are, are I, I play in the house band for a lot of jam sessions uh-huh. and stuff like that. Um, and what happens with those, what, what makes me want to be on the soapbox is jamming's fun. It's great. You know what I mean? Like improvising and all that stuff is great. But what happens sometimes is we lose sight of the big picture. Uh-huh. The big picture is that we are musicians and we are making music. Um, and in the jam situations, a lot of times the soloing just becomes oh the focal point and 
it just it completely loses sight of like like the music you know yeah. what i mean so as an example i was at a jazz jam i was in the house band and um i had a buddy of mine come up play piano and he called a tune and it was a tune that a lot of people like to play and that night happened to have a lot a lot of sax players in the house oh boy and um <laughs> The problem with it is, is uh, we've just lost a sense of etiquette to the jam. You uh -huh. know what I mean? And so these horn players would just keep coming up and just starting solo, not even conscious of what's going oh on around God, them. Dude. You know what I mean? Like, and um, I mean, I, I get it. You know, like people want to say what they want to say. But I don't know. When's the last time you've heard a recording that had five sax solos <laughs> on it? You know what I mean? And like just drilling like, la, 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 you know, just like three alto solos in a row. You know what oh. I mean? And like, and I, like I said, I love everybody and what they have to say. It's great. But there is, there's an etiquette to this. You know what I mean? Yeah. You got to remember, like, we're not up there for us or you. We're there for everybody. And that's including people who are there listening to music too. And you know what I mean? And like, if some, if you've, can you, tolerate hearing 20 choruses of a song you know what i mean like like just was soloing over it and the thing that really i was like bummed about was like people were just coming up and coming up and starting to solo and they were just not even conscious Dude. of like what was going on and then also the guy called the tune because he wanted to solo on it right and uh -huh. we brought him up he didn't even get to solo unbelievable after the fifth solo he was like let's just take it out and because he understands the etiquette right. you know what i mean right. so um yeah and like the same type of stuff like there was other things happening too where like horn players wouldn't even play the head and they'd just be like ch chatting and talking oh and then gosh, all of a sudden they dude. would see like oh this tune i love it and then they just walk up and start soloing <laughs> and like the other thing too is you know they're they're not even thinking about maybe there's like a bass player who's maybe kind of new you know and they're like and then they're putting them through having to play a song for like 20 minutes and like you know the it's rhythm cramping up <laughs> and the rhythm section is just running out of ideas we can't keep it fresh for everybody you know yeah. what i mean and so we're, we've just lost sight of this of like the of making music and we've turned this song that someone wrote that was a beautiful song into this just like nightmare for some people you <laughs> yeah. know what i mean like yeah. like a groundhog day situation where it just never ends you oh know what i mean oh my gosh dude so like i my soapbox is just being like you know people especially in the jam situation you just have to be conscious of what you're doing you know like it is we're playing in public we're playing for people we're yeah. musicians you know we're servants to the music we right. serve the music yeah. <laughs> not like what you're doing also too i've noticed with some of the younger players too like they'll be up there and soloing and they'll keep taking more courses because you can see it in their in their body movement that they're just looking for it like where can I fit in the stuff I've worked on and stuff like that? Right. And if they can't find it, they're like, I'll try the next course. And it's like, dude, in this time that you've been trying to figure it out, you've you've been playing this like solo that doesn't make any sense <laughs> musically. You know exactly, what I mean? And you're just like, I don't know what to do with this. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you're not even engaging like the beauty of improvising and, and soloing and stuff like that is interacting with the other musicians. And apparently you're you're just very clear that you're playing for yourself. You're trying to do right. something for yourself, which is completely not it's nonsense it's not there you know what yeah. i mean so um my soapbox is just i and i've been t telling my friends like i want to write like this manifesto the jamifesto <laughs> it's these rules that you that we should we should live by and if we do it if everyone respects it then the the jams will proctor themselves you know right. what I mean? um it's just a matter of like just being aware of where you are and who you're around and that kind of thing you know what i mean and like 
and just being considerate. Like as a drummer, you know, like we get called up for a couple tunes, right? Yeah. And sometimes you're like, oh, you hear someone else playing, you're like, I would have loved to have been on that tune. Yeah. But you have to accept, you can't. I feel like some horn players don't accept that. They're can just you? like, they hear a song, they're like, I want to play on this. And can you imagine go. like me showing up and being like, oh, I like this song and just and like this, elbowing you off, dude. Yeah. <laughs> getting the like, the uh, cane hook and, and just, just pulling yeah. you off the drums yeah. so I could get or in just there. just like inching in. I'm like, yeah. oh, really? And you just take the sticks away. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly how it is, dude. To be honest, if a drummer did that to me, I'd be like, wow, if you really want to play this tune, yeah, like, go, for, go it. for it. But I, I mean, like I said, like it's, it's not the, <laughs> it's not the worst thing in the world, but I just feel like it's, it's very important for us to be conscious of what's going on around us. You yeah, know what I mean? Like yeah. that is my job I feel as a musician and I want everyone, if we all came at it at, from, from that point of view, like it would be a more positive space. You know what I mean? Dude, I've, I've seen that so often. It bums <laughs> like, people out. So ridiculous. And there are people there that like, not everybody there is a musician wanting to sit in. There's a lot of dudes there that are just there to yeah. like watch, to yeah. hear good jazz yeah. that night. And so, um, Dude, I've heard of um, you know, like a buddy of mine went to one of those jam card things, those jam jam things, mm -hmm. and um, I guess I've never been to one, but they look cool. I've never been to one though. It, it, it I guess it opens up to be a jam, like in, in, at the end of the night or whatever. Okay. He said that it got so bad that like one of the one of his buddies was like playing guitar. It was finally he was like waiting all night to finally get in there, and he's like another artist that was like trying to go to L.A. be seen, whatever. Gets on, starts playing. He plays like a few measures. And one of the other guitar players yanks the cord out of his guitar and plugs in his guitar and starts shedding or shredding, dude. <laughs> wow, the nerve. Like, I, I can't believe that. that I mean, that's, that's blatantly mean. You that's, know what I mean? That's, that is like, I, I was like, this is why I've never been to one of those, dude. That's harsh, man. That's, I mean, can you, like, who are, like, what? The thing, okay, so here's the thing why I want to stay along the positive side of it. Because I, I think people don't, at least the people that I've encountered when this happens, they're not doing it on purpose. You yeah. know what I mean? They're not conscious. They're just, they basically, they're so focused on their solos that they've kind of had blinders on, yeah. which I understand. This is why I'm saying this stuff, you know, yeah. um, there's no, there's no, they're not trying to do it. If they realized they were doing something that's against the etiquette, I'm sure they'd be like, oh, I am so sorry. You yeah. Know? Like, um, but also too, we have a beautiful community here in San Diego where, um, I think back in the day in jazz jams and jam stuff like that, that stuff wouldn't happen because people would vibe. They'd be like, you don't come to my jam and do that. They Dude. would just be mean. Yeah. We have the luxury of not having that. Our our jams are good vibes. And if we want them to continue like that, we have to respect this etiquette. Yeah. If you go to a jam at Smalls in New York, that ain't happening there. Yeah. No yeah. chance. Yeah. It's, it's very organized. Um, and, it, and it's like, there's a lot of dudes that want to play, but they'll kind of weed out those fools, you know, yeah. like <laughs> quickly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe that does happen, but all the times I've been there, it's not like that. It's like you, you, first of all, you better be able to play, you know, the etiquette and you know, you, you play on your tune and that's it. And that, that's it. You know, um, Evan Stone had a jam, a jam one time in Fullerton that I was, I went to and he was, he was good at leading jams because he was very, it was his thing and his, his group would, it's like any other jam. They would start the night, they'd finish the night. And, um, but he would weed out a lot of those fools by, he, he kind of made a lot of dudes feel inferior, <laughs> like, but he, I don't want, I don't want to do that though. Yeah. Really. I didn't, he, 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 it, so it was done in a way though. Evan, if, if anybody knows Evan, he was on our show. He's has a strong personality. <laughs> um, very funny dude. Very, very, you know, an incredible drummer, all the, all the above. But 
there was a couple times where it was like the guys that would show up to a jazz jam and want to plug in an electric bass, you know, is that kind of thing where it's just like, you can do that, but that's just, you don't really do that. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like you just don't do that. And, um, it was stuff like that where he would make it known that this is dumb. This is, this is, you don't do that. Like, or he would like, if that was going on, it, like musical masturbation, you know, like everybody's up there freaking yanking it. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. It's like, come on dude like and we want to get away from that yeah yeah like, yeah we want like he would make it obvious you know we want to be musical we yeah. want to we want to like i mean people like these people wrote these great songs like why do we want to butcher them you know what i mean well i'm grateful to like every time i've been there i know there's always a lot of horn players but um a lot of the jams i used to do back in the day man were awful like like heavy smooth jazz based yikes and not not a lot of swing stuff and I was there to swing and it was like, I was, I was like the house drummer and it'd be a lot of bad horn players, dude, like playing drill sax players that are just kind of solos. Yeah. They have, they have to realize going to a jam doesn't mean the rhythm section is there for you. Yeah. This isn't karaoke. Yeah, exactly. It's like horn karaoke. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's, it's frustrating, but like, I like like I'm starting to already feel bad about saying anything, you know what I mean? Dude, but, it's fine. <laughs> but it's like it's true though, like because I I just it's hard when people lose sight of what our our mission is as yeah. musicians, you know what I mean? Like that's how things end, you know what I mean? When yeah. when they're taken for granted. All right. I ain't trying that to was hear a, that right that now. That was a great soapbox, man. That wasn't <laughs> a bad one at all. You weren't mean. You didn't call anybody out. I call fools out. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. Here's my soapbox. Yes. I ain't trying to hear that right now. Probably a a pretty quick soapbox. All right. I played a wedding on Saturday. Um, Showed up. It's at a winery. I was like, I was, I was already, I was in my mindset of like, I don't want to be here. Wasn't super stoked on, on some of the musicians, but whatever. It was, it ended up being great. Um, So I went and bought a bottle of wine. And I was like, I'm going to make the best of this gig. <laughs> and like, dude, it just, just leveled me out. I was just like, it was, I was there like an hour before I was supposed to play. Sipping some wine, looking at this beautiful view. It was dope. Um, so we, we play our dinner set. Or not our dinner set. We have a cocktail hour set. Anthony Smith, a couple other guys, like four-piece band. We never do that. It's normally like trio. Oh. Um, we're playing like... It's, good we get to like stretch no one's really listening so we get to like practice stuff try stuff and we're, we're rotating so it's like each one of us gets to call it too um so like i called i called like my little suede shoes and we did like a ska version of it cool. so fun that's man. a good so tune fun. that's a good tune for that yeah, yeah it was so fun um so we're just vibing out we're having fun like everybody's kind of drinking wine or most of us drinking wine having a great time just the other musicians came and we're sitting down in the courtyard listening to us and everybody else was not then the horn players came out. They started playing with us. It, they weren't supposed. They weren't like on the worksheet to do that. But they were just like, "Hey, it's a good hang." Yeah, you know? it's like a good tune. I want to get. I want to get a piece of that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the wedding party shows up. Or all the people. They were like bust in or shuttled in. Whatever. These are just not my people, dude. <laughs> There's like a bunch of like doughy guys, like you know, in their 30s or 40s. They're wearing like the flip flops with the like boot cut jean kind of look. <laughs> like the mandals this is a wedding this is a wedding yeah they're all like in in like button-up shirts it's a it's a it's this kind of wedding they're in button-up shirts and then like khakis or like chinos or whatever or jeans like like 
not dad jeans, it's like but a like beach wedding, huh? They're not beach people though. They're more like kind of like hillbillies, but they're trying to have the cool like millennial wedding or whatever. You know that look where you have a beach wedding and everybody's in flip flops with their suits. That's not my kind of people, bro. Like, look, I wear flip flops at home or if I'm going to the beach or whatever. But like, I'm going to a wedding. Sorry, I'm not wearing flip flops. That's yeah. that's, dude. You wear flip flops. That's your thing. That's great. Like when I'm in Hawaii, I don't wear any other shoes but flip flops. I think I, that's the only. I was gonna say the only place I would accept going to a wedding in flip flops is in Hawaii. Yeah, even then I probably still wouldn't. But that's just me. I'm not saying that that's bad. I'm just saying this is these are not my people. Yeah. Okay. These these are all the guys. They're like, I guess the way I can describe them is they're like the beefcake meathead guys that are like, they were they're college sports guys, I guess, or something. They, they're into watching football and pounding beers or whiskeys or whatever. It's whatever. That's fine. Yeah, that's yeah, your thing. That's yeah. not my thing. Yeah, got you. Um, for some reason, like 90% of the guys at this wedding were wearing flip-flops, though. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I'm stuck on the flip-flops. <laughs> okay? Here's my soapbox. We're, we're playing dolphin dance. Oh, great. Okay? Like pretty heavy jazz tune. And we're feeling it, eyes closed. We're just enjoying the moment, playing this song. This moron in flip-flop, probably a pink shirt, comes up. And it's like, hey, what's up, guys? How's it going, man? Hey, yeah, what's up, dude? And we're like, hey. And he's like, hey, man, can you guys play any ACDC or Skid Row? We just got done playing Dolphin Dance, dude. I'd be like, uh. <laughs> part of me wants to be like, yes. And then you just, I don't know. I was like. Dude, I had a hard time not being like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> I was like, um, do we look like we are playing that? I go, yeah, we could play that stuff later. And he's like, really? And so I thought, okay, it took me a minute to like kind of grasp that this guy's not joking. He's like dead serious. Yeah. He's like. He thought you guys were the band for the night, though. Huh? We were. But <clears throat> like we were, we're just freaking horns. And like the difference between a cocktail hour and then like. He was, dude, he was there the whole time we were playing nothing but jazz. And wow. so, dude, of all things, ACDC or Skid Row. And like, I thought he was like, oh man, come on. Like the play some Skinner guy, but joking. Like this guy was not joking, dude. What if you guys did that just to point out and he'd be like, wow, that sounds terrible. Like, all right, here we go. One, two, <laughs> a one, two, and then bump. Just like doing that, like in the cheesiest way possible. Yeah. And they'd be like, oh. Yeah. be like, this was your idea, man. Yeah. You wanted this. Yeah. Yeah. We just, we're just trying to, you know, fill those sandals of yours. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I was like looking at him, like, oh, oh. I'm like, oh, you're serious. He's like, yeah, man. Can you guys play anything like that? And we're like, I'm like, well, yeah, probably later tonight. And he's like, oh, you can't do it right now? And I'm like, no. I'm like, do we look like we're playing that kind of music? And then now I'm looking at the band members like, somebody say something because I'm about to unload on this fool. <laughs> and like, he's like, all right, man. Well, yeah, like, let's pick it up, man. Come on. And I'm just like, dude, you tell me to pick it up. I want to punch you in the face. <laughs> like, don't say that to me, you idiot. And so I was just like, dude, I was so mad. I was like so irritated. And then he he's like, all right, man. All right, well, like, yeah, well, you know, like, come on, pick it up. And he just like walks away. And now I'm like, I'm pissed. I'm like, this fr who's this freaking idiot? I'm like, who's this guy? I'm like, you're coming over here asking us to play freaking skid row. Like, 
I'm like, I'm not nothing to do. Nothing against Skid Row or ACDC. But do we look like we're playing that? Sure. Like, they just, they don't get it. They don't. They, and that's what the other guys were saying. They're like, dude, he just doesn't, he doesn't get it. That's just what he likes. And so he doesn't know what this is. I'm just like, what are you doing here? Get out of here. There's a fine line there too, because like you want them to engage you because like, like I don't, you guys get tips and stuff like that too. Not, like, not at that. Not, not at that, a wedding. But like in those situations too, where like you're playing and you make tips, right? You yeah. want to engage with people and give them what they want. Cause they'll tip you and stuff yeah. like that. But also too, you're just like, Man, I don't really care about the tips that much. No, no. And so that's the difference, though. Like at like Marcel's gig or something, it's like he'll do it, and we'll get tip, and it's fine. He'll do like a jazzier, scaled down version or something of something like that, you know. And I I dig that. That's that's a valid request, and that's that's the setting I think where it's like, hey, you know, this may not be what you guys play, but but it's like talking about like going to your jam, and then being like, hey, yeah, it's great what you guys are doing, but can you play some Skid Row? Yeah. Like at a jazz jam, there's horns everywhere. It's like everybody's gonna be like, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, and that's kind of what where I was at, where I was like, Do you hear what we're playing? <laughs> like, what are you asking us that for? Like, what are you doing here? My ska band, we used to love to mess with people like that. You know how people always call Freebird? Yeah. So my ska band, we learned Freebird. Yes. Like we did we did it, but we did it reggae ska. So like at the beginning when it's slow, we did it as like a one drop. Uh-huh. And then when it breaks into the solo section, we did it as like a up. Scott, uh, Scott, one drop. Uh, but the thing about it was, and like people, we would do it and we'd break into it and people were like, yeah, but then we would play the solo section for like 20 minutes, <laughs> you know, cause that song is super yeah, long, yeah. but we would just do it just like ridiculously long, just inside, just be like dying laughing, right, you know, right. like we would go to the stop time like two or three times, you know what I mean? <laughs> just to be like, you asked for it. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like my, 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 that band was great because they had that sense of humor, like if you're gonna ask us to do something hilarious, yeah, like we're, we're gonna, gonna do it, we're gonna do it, and it's gonna be so obnoxious. Yeah. yeah, most of the time, dude, I I don't care normally. I feel like people, you know, maybe that maybe this dude is just I don't know, man. I just I was really annoyed. Like, what is your problem? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, why? Are you, like, sometimes I just I, I say this over and over again. I cannot stand stupid people. Like, there are so, there for some reason morons have been flocking to me like for the longest time especially these days where i'm just like you've got to be kidding me i think it's the energy i think it's like they can they know that it bothers you so they're yeah like, so they're they like, they, they're, they're, they're like drawn to you yeah, yeah it's like when you're like scared of a bug or like scared of like a you don't want to get stung by a bee but then they like won't leave you alone it's like that's that's how it is with with me dude yeah it's like the guy the the ticket i got a few weeks ago like, oh yeah i heard about that. yeah and i was so mad at this guy for being unreasonable and then i fought it and they still of course denied it and oh, i so do pay it I, I paid it but i i was i wrote them a big long like email i was like i'm disgusted with your place you guys should be ashamed of yourselves and like they wrote back they're like hey hey Corey, i'm really sorry about your experience if you could like um they they sent me to sent me some link to like um uh like try to fight it <clears throat> but i already paid it so i was just like i'm over it whatever Take my money. You probably need it because your school sucks. You know, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard. The people like your your anger was with the guy that gave you the ticket. Yeah. Uh, and and they know they have like that's the world's worst job, like the most hated person on the planet, yeah. probably. Well, well, I okay. So hold on. Let me finish this soapbox. Okay, okay. okay. Guy that is coming to my gig and asking me to play those dumb songs. Go to a bar and listen to a rock band. Leave us alone. All right. I ain't trying to hear that right now. Back to this one. Bruh. <laughs> <laughs>
Completely different soapbox. Back to this ticket. My beef definitely was with the moron who gave me the ticket. Yeah. But it was also the fact that I got the ticket. Because there, there's... Okay, it's... it's I'm going to have like a divided... You're either on my side or you're not on this. So a lot of people will say, yeah, but you still were parked in the red zone. Technically... Was it, was it red? I thought it wasn't. The curb was not red, but there was like a super faded stripe on the floor uh, on the painted on the that's the how they ground. get you yeah and i didn't see it honestly i didn't see it but my my thing is i was not parked there i was unloading my equipment my hazard lights were on the guy took a picture of my car parked there he had to take a picture of it to post that or put that with the ticket you could see my hazards on in his picture oh so i was not parking there i had a parking pass i was unloading my heavy equipment on my cart, I wasn't gonna wheel it downstairs yeah. like this idiot wanted me to do. I was wheeling it into the venue and then I was getting my pass and parking my car where I was supposed to be. My other beef is every single vendor that was working there, the cooks, the party rental stuff, the florists, the other musicians, the Uber drivers, the bus drivers, everybody that was picking up the wedding party, people that were dropping off elderly people, everybody there parked in the same spot or another spot that was also marked no parking and none of them got tickets mm. and they weren't parked there. They were unloading their stuff and it's the same thing as me. And so that was my beef. That's what I fought it with was like, Hey, you're saying I was parked there and you're saying my car was left unattended, but it wasn't my hazards were on. So, and they're like, you still can't park in a red zone. Well then nobody else can either. Guess what? The firemen were called that night and somebody fainted or something at the wedding and no one was parked in the red zone. Yeah. So it wasn't what you're saying. That wasn't what I was doing. I was unloading my stuff like I do every time I play here. This is probably like the 15th time I've played here. It's hard when you feel like you're doing the right thing and then yeah. you get called out. You're just like, dude, well, what, what do you want me to do? What hoop do you want me yeah. to do? What, yeah, what was, I, I go, where am I supposed to unload? And he's like, the unloading zone is up there. It was like on the street, up the hill, downstairs to get, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. I'm not going to do that. And so... My beef was one with that idiot for being unreasonable. Dude, come in the venue and say, is that your car? I'm about, I'm about to write you a ticket. Don't just wait until I wheel my stuff in. He's probably watching me wheel my stuff in. As soon as I get in the door, he writes me a ticket. Yeah, you said you were only gone for like a split second. Yeah. Right? Like a couple minutes. It was, it was probably like five to 10 minutes. I dropped my card in. I like, you know, I had to put all my cases back in my car. So like, oh, I never do that. I just, I just, I never do that either, but there was nowhere to put them. Oh, gotcha. So, um, you know, and it's like, come on, dude. You really think I'm parking there? You really think I'm like, I don't care what it says. I don't care this. I don't care whose wedding this is. I don't care. I'm the drummer. I'm parking here. You really think that that's what I'm doing? And that's what my whole beef was, was like, you're that unreasonable. You take your job that serious where you can't be cool. Like one time, like, hey, I know you're unloading, but that's a red zone. I'm going to give you an $80 ticket. Like, I would have been like, bro, ease up. Relax. You know, but I still would have moved it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's like. <laughs> uh, um, I got a ticket in San Diego when I was delivering Christmas trees when I first moved here. And I remember I was like in a commercial loading zone. Yeah. And he's like, you're not a commercial car. And I'm like, I'm delivering Christmas trees. And he's like, oh, anything. And I, like, my only response to him was like, dude, it's Christmas. <laughs> like, well, are you gonna i'm like christmas isn't like a week are you gonna yeah. really give me i'm delivering christmas trees yeah was but, he cool no he was like sorry 
Dude. And I was like, and then I realized, I'm like, <clears throat> these, the people who work that job, they know that they're hated and they've just yeah. like, they have like this like mean force field. The only thing that was holding me back from like decking this dude is knowing that like for sure I'm going to jail if I, if I sock this dude in the face. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> but I wanted to take his little computer that he was writing my ticket on. I wanted to snatch it off his wrist or his belt, throw it into the ground and break it and be like, now write a ticket and just, or like put it behind my tire as I'm parking, run it over. What if you could just do something more like you're like, I'm just, you don't know who I am. I'm going to crush you on social media. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, trust me, dude. There's a lot of things that went in through my mind, like going there at night and finding their truck and throwing a brick through it. <laughs> like throwing a brick through one of their windows. Like somehow they're going to pay for my $80 ticket. I'm just going to say that right now. Whether one of their signs that says no parking gets thrown into the ocean, I don't know. But something's going to cost them $80. Trust me. My my retaliation and my ultimate in my head would be some way you could just pick up their car and put it in a red zone so that when oh they come gosh. out, there's just a bunch of tickets on it <laughs> <laughs> from someone else they work with oh, or something. Oh, yeah. That would be amazing. So good. Yeah. So I, I, I've eased up on that now where, dude, the day that it, when I, when I got that ticket, I was looking for that guy. I was literally like looking for him and <laughs> oh dude, I was so mad and I went and found him and we got into, we had words, but, um, I was, dude, I was yelling at, well, you heard the soapbox. I was yelling at him, but then on my break, I went out again to look for him again. And I, dude, I was so mad. But anyways, after a while, I was just like, I've already wasted too much energy on this. Just take my money and shut up. Like, don't yeah, talk yeah, to me anymore. Yeah, yeah. And, um, I'm, I'm done fighting this. I I've, I've at this point, it was like the principal and I just wanted to speak my mind. And I did that. I've sent an email to a few people and was like, you should be ashamed of yourself. Like I'm a regular vendor at this place and I cannot believe you guys treat your vendors like this. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we bring, we bring a better, like, well, I forgot how I said it, but like we make your events better because we're part of the entertainment. And this is how you treat us. I'm like, I wasn't parking there. I was just unloading. And, um, and I sent them pictures of other like people parked in these no parking spots. It's like, sorry, you can't park. Red zone. Do you think you're going to ever work there again? Like you'll, you'll, you'll probably yeah. get another gig there again. Yeah. And I'm going to unload in the red zone as well. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's not, that's nothing's going to change, but, but I'm like the whole building, there is nowhere to unload. The whole building is surrounded around a red curb or red stripe on the ground. There's nowhere to, un to load in. There is nowhere to, un to load in. And so I'm like, you have to park somewhere to unload your stuff. So where would that be? You know? And, and they still were just like, uh, what I thought about doing the, the biggest one that I thought about doing was going there at night with black spray paint and spray, spray painting out that freaking line and being like marking like with a stencil loading zone. <laughs> <laughs> be like dude sometimes i i just listened to a podcast about that that like people they call it like they call it something like uh where people like where people hang up signs like diy um signs that like say slow down in the neighborhood some are good some are bad but sometimes people do they take things into their own hands to retaliate it's part of being american dude that's part of living in america where like it's illegal it's not right but sometimes you got to do stuff you know, there, there was a guy that I, I, on this podcast, this guy was said he lived in an area where there was a bus stop and there was a trash can there and people kept throwing their trash in this and it was in his neighborhood. 
and he was getting sick and tired. He kept t calling the city because they wouldn't empty the trash. It was just piles of yeah. trash. That's so great. And so he's like, it's not my job to throw the trash away. Yeah. He's like, it's your job. And the city wouldn't do anything, but they kept leaving the bus stop there and it was just piled up with trash. So the dude went there at night with cutters and cut down the bus stop sign and threw in the bushes. And then after a while, the bus stopped stopping there. <laughs> like people's trash went away. And then like eventually the city got wise to it and then rebuilt the bus stop. But he was like proving a point, like stop doing this in my neighborhood. Oh my God. You know? And like, there was another one too, where it was the same situation. I forget. I think it's in Oakland. There's like a Buddhist um, little like temple that a guy built. I forget what, what I think this was on 99% um, this podcast. And so it was another situation where this guy lived in Oakland and people kept dumping their trash on this one corner Ugh. or it was like a, it was like a fork in the road or something. Everybody kept piling up and it was like a homeless area. It was like a bunch of riffraff that was hanging out in his neighborhood. He said it was like a nice apartment, but there was always like drug people and like trash all over the place. So he said him and his buddy didn't know what to do. So they decided to put just a statue of Buddha on this corner. And he said it totally changed his neighborhood around to where now people go there for their worship. It's like all of a sudden this like worship place where people are like this Buddha miraculously showed up here and people stopped throwing their trash there. Then they like the Buddhist community built this like little house for Buddha. <laughs> like This is an amazing story. Yeah. And then it, it turned into like, now this is like a temple where like a shrine. Yes. Where, where Buddhists are like bust in to worship there. And he's like, there's no more homeless people. There's no more trash. People know that he's the one who did it. They bring him money and like bring him like gifts for building a Buddhist shrine there. That's the most incredible story I've ever heard <laughs> and I'm in like, my life. Yeah, and I'm like, this guy took matters into his own hands because he got sick and tired of stuff that was done the wrong way by the city. They were never going to do anything about it. And I'm like, so that's what I'm saying. That is unjust. That is wrong that they have a red zone where people unload and load. That It's not fine. You want to have a red zone there? That's fine, but be reasonable here. I saw people unloading and loading there all night long, and you're going to give me a ticket. And then when I try to fight it and, and have a valid reason, you're going to be like, you shouldn't have parked there. It's a little hypocritical. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, maybe I should take matters into my own hands. Put a Buddha there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's to show them. <laughs> so anyways, that was my whole beef. That, that guy is a scumbag, whoever he is, but he knows he is because he has the worst job ever. There are a lot of people like that out there. And yeah. I just try to avoid them. Yeah. And the same for me. Same for me. So, but. I have that underlying, that hot-blooded Puerto Rican in me that's like, no, I'm going to get you back, fool. Like, you're going to pay for it. I'm going to get my money's worth. Whether you, like, if I have to pay, for some reason you have to pay. I don't know why I think like that, but you might need to buy a new mirror for your truck. I don't know. That's about 80 bucks. Part of, part of me in my <laughs> head, I like to think that, like, when a situation that, like that arises and you start get, your blood starts boiling, you walk up to them and you have your drop on your phone and you, you play it for them real quick and, <laughs> and then, then you go off. <laughs> and I set up a little box yeah. and I stand on it and I'm like, no, you listen. <laughs> Bro, yeah, as Zach says. It sucks, basically, is the word. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's not helpful. <laughs> All right, so that's my soapbox. I ain't trying to hear that right now. People should be just, people stop. Just stop. Stop over soloing at gigs. Stop asking for dumb requests. Stop giving tickets. Name That's just, that's just it. Yeah. Just be aware of the other people around you. You know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. Community, right? Community. <laughs> We're all here. We all have to live with each other. Like, 
man. The the fact of the matter is with that guy, not not you know. I know I already wrapped it up, but we're we're using this venue, you know, as as for somebody's beautiful wedding, and it's on the water, and it's just beautiful there. Obviously, dude, it's a great day for all of us. It's not like I'm some surfer guy or something that's using the beach, and I just want to. There's no parking, so I guess I'll just park here. It's not like that at all, you know. And the fact that this dude was so unreasonable that he couldn't even give me. Just at least be like, if I come back and the car's still there, then maybe I'm going to go hey, say, hey, you know, it's a small parking lot. It's not like you're, you're just, I don't know. Just, just come back and be like, hey, man, you know, like you got to You got to move your car. I feel bad for that guy in that situation because like his karma is probably very bad, bad. which is also probably <laughs> why he's so neggy. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, because things aren't getting any better because he's just putting out bad energy. Yeah. He's making people angry every single day yeah the weight on his shoulders is probably terrible the job i could never have because he's probably i would be scared that i'm gonna get in a fight every day or death threats or death yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. i would be like somebody like every you got to think about everybody that gets a ticket nobody is gonna be like oh man i messed up everybody's gonna be like what you give me a ticket no 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 come here you know like yeah that was my reaction yeah you see red right yeah Mm -hmm. i was so mad um okay should we do like one or two wheel of death questions? Might as well. I mean, we're here and it's now. Um, all right, people. Here's the thing. Wheel of death is not working, but I still have the list of questions and I have the sound effect. Oh, oh the sound effect's great. All right, here we go. Uh, uh, okay. I like guessing when, it, when it's going to hit. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm just going to choose this one. Radiohead or Oasis? Radiohead. Radiohead all day. That was easy. Yeah, those hands down. I love Oasis too, but I love Radiohead. I don't like some of the things that Oasis has said in the past. <laughs> See, that's why I like Oasis. <laughs> uh, but, you know, you know, you know, another reason why I don't like Oasis is because... If you are at a gig or something and you see some dude wandering off the street with an acoustic guitar on his back and <laughs> asked to sit in, you know what song he's going to call? Yeah, yeah, well, maybe. <laughs> yeah, he's going to be like, hey, you all know Wonderwall? And I'll be like, ah. <laughs> see, I like playing that, though. Like, it's fine. Yeah, I like that British breakbeat feel, yeah. too. But also, it's never going to go well, dude. No, no, no. I like Oasis because I think the beef between the brothers is a little put on. I think that's like publicity stunt. But I'm sure it's partially. But um, I love how raw they are in interviews, dude. Like one time when that when that band, um, who's that band that sings that song? Wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. System of a Down. System of a Down came out. Uh, they were he was like I don't remember which one it was, Liam or whatever the other guy's name is, but they were like, he, they go. So what do you think of some of the new bands that came out, like System of a Down? And then he just like didn't miss a beat. He was just like, well, I'm glad I'm alive. And around to see one of the worst bands ever. <laughs> wow! Yeah, I was so like, opinions. yes, yes, that's what I love. You know, like. <laughs> okay, okay. So I, I have a little sub, a little asterisk. Oasis or Blur? Ooh. I'm gonna have to go with Oasis, but I love Blur too. I'm going Blur because then we wouldn't have the, um, uh, the Gorillas. That's true. See, and I'm not a fan of the Gorillas. Really? Yeah. But I love Blur. I I love Blur. Yeah. Blur. Um, I, I was, feel like they're very similar too. Like. I've gotten like deep on Blur, man. Where, where, yeah, actually, man, like Park Life, I think that song. It's like the dude from, uh, from, is it Snatch or Lockstock? 
Oh, oh. And he's like, just talking. Oh man, that's a great song. That album is great, but it's not mod enough for me. Ah. And like, so I don't know, man. I think that's a toss up. I I like Blur a lot though. Or uh, Oasis or Stone Roses. Oh, definitely Oasis. <laughs> yeah, Stone, I'm not that mod. <laughs> I do ride a Vespa, but <laughs> I don't have any mirrors. <laughs> All right, let's go again. Um, all right, we're both teachers. We've used this before. Uh, should I use this one? What's the most common mistake you see drummers make? Uh, I okay. Like, are we talking like like professional or like kids or maybe? I always think about this question as young drummers that are just coming up, but I would like to think uh, you give whatever you think, and I'm going to give mine what. How I okay, someone said it on this podcast before, and I fully agree. Playing too loud, yeah. Uh, but also, I don't think that people are uh, a lot of drummers when they're young are aware of what they're hearing in their head and what is being executed. The way it sounds when they're executing is not what they're probably what they're hearing in their head. Everything is always. I mean, I'm guilty of this too. Mm-hmm. Super rushed. It always feels like everything's on the front. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I think my first and foremost is always just playing too loud. Yeah. Too much symbols. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. I've been guilty of that many a time. Why? I mean, it's fun. It's, yeah, yeah, it is it's, fun. It's, it's great. Um, for me, I had a good one. So the biggest, the most common mistake I see on like a pro level or like maybe like an influential level, I see a lot of drummers make is they focus so much on their playing and their technique, and but they don't focus on aesthetics at all. Like they don't focus on how they look or what they're selling, like them as a product, mm. you know, um, like you take like a drummer, like Travis Barker, where it's a lot, like it's probably 60% about that. It's a brand. You're yeah. just looking at a brand. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 But then he's very skilled. So he has a little both best of both worlds, but I love Travis Barker. He has, he has a style of playing too. But, um, but then you're like, I look at like no offense and I love this dude, but I look at like Diego Borlai. And I, or like Virgil Donati, I'm like, you know what I like about you know what I like about those guys though? They're like George Costanza. They're like, yep, Crush Velvet. Yeah, I'm, I'm comfortable. Doing I'm doing it. This is this is who I am. And I'm just like, dude, you do your thing. You get, you get it, dude. At some point, that thing becomes their thing. Though, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, and then yeah. it's like, then it's cool. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. It's drummers have some weird fashion. You remember that whole period of time where like Carter Bofer was wearing like wetsuits? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, the, the uh, Living Color band, oh, that band, yeah, yeah. they would Welcome wear body glove yeah. wetsuits, dude. They hot bust out of them. Yeah, yeah. There was, <laughs> drummers are weird, man. Like, myself included, but like. Carter Buford would be a perfect example, dude. Like, hockey jersey, a head armor, or a head drum gloves. Gloves, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, I'm like, what are you doing, dude? I mean, granted, like, whatever that band is, uh, whatever. Like, I. I just can't think of his name. It's not whatever that band is. Dave uh, Matthews. Dave Matthews. Yeah. They're not like the the, uh, the top of fashion, but like that's like the look, like the Batman shirt look that all drummers were wearing. That killed what? me when you said that. You like every shed session video. <laughs> <laughs> There's at least one guy with Batman on, dude. Dude, Batman. There's a well, sorry. There's a band, um, the Four Corners. That's like super dope fusion. Yeah, you were just band. talking yeah. about them. They're they have a video where they're all wearing Batman shirts, dude. As a joke. I think they're like, no, this is what we wear. This is our style. 
Dude, Superheroes, for, bro. For the longest time, I never saw a picture or an interview or a video of Jojo Mara where he wasn't wearing that Zero shirt. <laughs> for <laughs> yeah, the longest time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's out of that now. But yeah. like, there was a period of time I was like, dang, he really likes that shirt. Dude. So he has a, he has a thing now, like his scarves and his, his crazy hair. And and it's cool. I think it's, it's cool. He looks like an artist. But like, there was a while ago, a few years ago, that he was on the cover of Modern Drummer. And I was like, what? <laughs> Dude, this guy looks so creepy. And I, I asked Mike, Mike Dawson that. I'm like, who chose the picture for the for the JoJo Mare cover? And he was just like, not me, dude. Does he work for Modern Drummer? Yeah, he's oh. like the editor. Oh, cool. Um, and uh, so yeah, I I was just like, not I I had I hope I'm not throwing him under the bus, but like it was all me asking him the question. He was just like, I don't know, man, yeah, I'm yeah. not me. But sometimes, dude, <clears throat> it's sometimes I just feel like drummers don't care enough to care about being an artist like a lot of a lot of drummers are like that's not them that's not what they're doing like Ari Honig is just him he's just a New York guy that plays like so great and he doesn't have to be like oh and here's how I look because that's not what he does his his whole brand or his whole product is through his playing right so that's not really what I'm talking about I'm talking about guys that are like maybe influencers or just posting drum videos or whatever. Like Tosh is a young dude and he totally gets it. He has a thing. It's not my thing, but bright colors, no shirt. Okay. Like, so you, you grew up playing punk too. Yeah. Did you ever rock shows? No shirt on? The heck no. See, I went through a period like when I was like rap rocking, uh, like it was just so hot and I had my dreads, you know what I mean? And I <laughs> yeah. just like, I, I did it to like cool off and I'd be like, dude, like, cause it's a game changer when you're really hot. If you take your shirt off, like, yeah, it's like, you can breathe. I've it, never been that confident in my body, dude. I'm not confident <laughs> in my body at all. But like, I was like, I don't want to pass out up here. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, the shirtless drummer thing is like such a thing. It's, it's so funny, funny, man. Yeah. yeah. Tosh it's, doesn't even sweat though, dude. He's like shirtless, but he's up there just like, I'm like, you look cold, dude. <laughs> it's so funny. That's his thing now, dude. That's like, he really like, how does a kid that young know how to brand himself? I don't maybe it's by accident or coincidence but doesn't seem like it he's just he's very confident he doesn't he's not a kid yeah you know what I mean true. like when you talk to him you're like you're not you're not young yeah you you have like a brain of someone who's like been through some stuff you right know? when he did uh when he did our our NAM show event a few years ago he like set up set up the kit how he wanted like went around the toms or whatever had it dialed and it was about to start ticks off his shirt and all these like 15 year old little girls are like, woo, like all into it. And I'm like looking at him and he's just like, he's just him, you know? And I was like laughing. I'm like, look at you fool. You got all these little girls over here. And he's just like laughing. So funny. He's so funny. But yeah, I mean, learn from that kind of stuff. I think like try to, try to think about this. And like, people ask me this all the time. This is why this question's on there. Like, man, how do you do it? Like, what do you do? Cause I'm like, I never claim to be the best drummer in the world. I feel like a lot of these dudes are better drummers than me, but they don't get very far because they're not doing anything with themselves, but playing. And so they're like, man, can you help me with like image? And like, I'm like, dude, I'm not a fashion designer or like some image guy. You just got to find out what your thing is and do it and don't hold back. Take some chances. I think yeah. you and I have always noticed that about each other. Like even when we first met, we we're always yeah. like, Oh yo, dude, those are cool kicks. You yeah. Know yeah. I mean? Like, like, you know, it's, it's fun to like wear clothing that makes you feel good. You yeah. know what I mean? And like, or have like a style about you that you like, you like, you can right. get behind. Yeah. You know who Channing, Channing Cook Holmes is? Mm -mm. He's a dope. Okay. Dope dude. Um, he's, this is why I'm here. I, I learn every time I'm here. <laughs> dude. Yeah. He's a, 
he's one of my favorite dudes out there right now. And he's, um, he's not like huge famous, but he's amazing drummer, but he has this whole thing, like this hashtag that he created. It's like this thing called drummers with, with, with style. He's like, he's big into that. He's like a, he's a fashion designer. That's great. He's, um, Ooh, I need he's to... a tap dancer. He's like a, a, a drummer. He's all, he does all kinds. He's like, a, he does all kinds of stuff. He's involved in all kinds of, things. but his biggest thing is he'll like post. It's like not my thing, but he's like, it's very like, I don't want to say self-indulgent, but it kind of is. It's very confident. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> he'll post like modeling pictures of him. Like, just like in an alley with his, he designed the stick bag. That's like a dude, like high fashion stick bag. Right. And he's just like holding a stick bag. He's wearing like a suit and it's like, it's, it's a brand now. And it's, it'll just be like the Channing cook Holmes, whatever drummers with style or like the gentleman's he calls it like a, he has a band or something that's called the gentleman's takeover. Nice. And, um, <clears throat> it's like, he's big on that. Like, man, you have to brand yourself. You have to sell, sell yourself as your brand. You are your brand. And, um, it's great because it's him and, and it's like, it's in, it's, uh, inspiring to other people to where he's always sharp. He always looks good. He's always plays good. And he treats it like it's an art, you know? Absolutely. It's, it's like, cool. He's like a high end, whoops, a high end drummer, you know, like it's dope. Perfect. Example. He's like the Ben Sherman of drummers. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. He's like, he's more than, he's more than that though. He's more of like a, like a. Do you know what art comes first is? Mm, no. It's like these two like black dudes like from England, I think they, they dress like rude boys sometimes, Sick. like ska, but they're high fashion designers, high end fashion designers. He's more like that where it's like he is presenting himself as more than a drummer. It's like he's it's it's hard to explain. It's like image cool. combined with with, with the yeah. music. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's always yeah, it's cool really cool dude on a side note man like a couple weeks ago i played drums for a tap dance camp really dude it was so awesome <laughs> that sounds dude, cool dude the so the, the the girl running it was amazing uh shout out sarah but also nice. um dude the kids just blew me away the kids in the camp yeah oh my gosh dude their rhythmic interpretation and knowledge was phenomenal and i was like and like we were doing so much trading and like they would set up and they're like well, i want to trade the drummer and i was like all right let's do it and we'd go and i'd be like I just got cut up, dude. Really? Yeah, I was like, <laughs> this, that kid just served me up. It wow. was so sick. I, like, I would throw like really syncopative and polyrhythmic stuff, and they Wait. would just spit it right back at me. Sarah, tap dancer? Yeah, yeah, from LA. Yeah. Yeah. That chick's cool, man. She's tight, dude. She's she, one of the best in the world, right? She's really, really good. Short, yeah. short like Latin mm-hmm, girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful. She, gorgeous, Yeah, too. gorgeous. And she, she's, a, I mean, I would just call her a musician. She's a musician. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and the, the way she teaches and works with them was so great and inspiring. I was like, I'm like, dude, I'm, I know you just called me and like, I, I'm, we'd met before yeah. at a jazz jam, but I was like, I'm at your disposal. I'm like, I'm on board with yeah. this. You know what I mean? Like she's, she's on another level. She's the real deal. dude. There, there was a video that she had out. Like she was shed, like shedding with a drummer, or like some, I forget who it was though. It she's was like, killing too. She would like, like comment to me and make these remarks in a while we're teaching. And I'm just like, yeah, dude. Like, I yeah. like you a lot. You're, yeah. You're, you're yeah. Fun. yeah. She was, I think it was like her, Danny Janklow and a drummer. I think that sounds about right. And she was, she was like, she's on another level, dude. dude she's, she's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Dope. It, she just does <clears> it so easily too. I was like, Oh man. man, I would love to have her on. I haven't had a dancer. I got her number. Heck yeah. Yeah, totally. Why didn't I, why didn't we think about that? That's cool. Cause we've, we've had like artists 
like painters yeah. and I love that you guys do that. It's yeah. like it's not about just drummers, you know? What yeah, I mean? yeah. It's oh, great. we gotta make that happen. We gotta make that happen. So yeah, and it's <laughs> dude, she's she's know, one of the baddest dude, like dude, one of the baddest girls out there doing. She she's and the thing about her too is like uh, we talked about like style and confidence. Oh, she's like the full package. Dude. Really? Like yeah, dude. Like when you're around her, you're just like oh yeah, dude. Like yeah. it's yeah, she's, she's a star. She's a star. star. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Um, okay, let's wrap up this uh, Wheel of Death. Okay. Oh, yeah. Man, thanks for coming in, dude. Drum Brigade. Anytime. <laughs> this is awesome. Drum Brigade. Drum Brigade. We can, Drum like... I don't... Sorry, man. I don't have Phil here to turn down the drops when I need him drop, turned down. <laughs> I'm, like, yelling over it. Anyways, um... I always feel like we can chat forever. Just like this could be a four hour. It probably is a four hour show at this point. <laughs> um, lastly, before we wrap it up, dude, I, um, I wanted to talk a little bit about your, you recently signed on with Aquarian. Ooh, yes. Oh yes. yeah. Shout out Aquarian. Heck yeah. Gave. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and, um, me and Phil obviously talk about Aquarian a lot and we're not discounting other like companies. Cause I used to play Evans and I've played Remo before and they're all great too, but I prefer Aquarian. And I have a relationship with Aquarian. Um, so I just want to say that I'm glad you're on Aquarian. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm stoked. Like, and I, I, I understand something you were telling me before. It's like now I, you're like, you develop your sound. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'm like, I'm, and I, I wasn't um, familiar with like the vast selection of stuff they had. I'd used yeah. some Aquarian stuff before, but yeah, they have a lot more stuff now. And like, I'm yeah. really excited. Uh, side note, I also just signed with Innovative Percussion too. Oh, really? Yeah, I just got a stick and touch cool. with them. So I'm really excited to start playing their stuff. They got these great uh, new brushes that I'm, I'm gonna mute uh, that I got on the way. So it's a wire brush, and the handle is rubber, and then at the end it's a mallet. Oh, I need that. And then instead of like for the pull rod, it's uh-huh. it's a nylon tip. What? Yeah, and then so they have that, and then they have another version that's a Chad Wackerman version where the shaft is wood, so you can do. Like, oh my gosh, that's cool. Yeah, I always go through that with brushes where I'm like, you need to do like a swell or something. It's got everything, dude. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't, how come people haven't thought of that like sooner? I don't know, but um, yeah, I'm stoked. That's cool. Like, So yeah, that's like, yeah, man, it's it's weird for me right now where I'm at with endorsement because, I mean, I don't feel like I need anything, but like we were talking about vinyl before and I was like, like I've, you know, as this drop always says. What is wrong with you, Zildjian? <laughs> I've had my I've had my issues with like not with Zildjian personally, but like I've had a problem with like like I needed the Zildjian quiet symbols or whatever for the studio, and I couldn't get in touch with anybody, so I just ended up getting CRX, you know, air symbols for here, and they work great, and like they look slick too. Yeah, they're not they're not bad at all, and they're super they're like way more affordable. But anyways, I've played Zildjian my whole life. I don't have an endorsement with Zildjian, but I have like. I have an endorsement with another company that gets me in there to get my stuff at Costa replaced. And you know, and you know, we were just talking about that. It's like, it's hard to get away from when you've used a, a product or a company yeah. for so long, you yeah. know? Um, <clears throat> like I, I had been with a different, I had an endorsement with a different stick company for a long time, 17 years. And so yeah. like when that ended, I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? Like, that's all I knew. But right. now I'm excited, you know yeah. what I mean? That's cool. It's going to change. I'm going to have like a, you know, my, my, my life, my drumming, everything's going to change, but I'm excited for that. Yeah. yeah. I had to go through that. I'm going to, I'm going to, I don't, I want to save this story for another podcast, but, um, I've mentioned it before, like when 
before I started playing Masters Table, I was endorsed by Spawn. And I, I still have a Spawn kit, and I, I like it and all that stuff. But, um, dude, there's somebody driving by with the loudest radio right now. Yeah, dude, I don't know like, if you guys can like, hear that. Sound like Chromio or something, huh? Yeah. <laughs> um, normally, the, that dude was louder than the train. But anyways. Uh, and, yeah, I had to, like, change my life as far as I, – I, when I signed on with Spawn, I was like, I'll never play another drum set. I'll, you were I'll, gung-ho. I was die hard into spawn drum and um i needed to switch it up man and i mean that was that was such a great move for me that i would like it was there's no look there's no turning back you know it was like i'm not trying to burn a bridge and i don't like burning bridges with people but i definitely burnt that bridge with, with spawn and um it was the best move I ever made. It was great. You know, I, I felt like I was doing what I was supposed to do when I got my other, my, my masters of maple kit. It's like, I feel like this is where I belong. And and so that needed to happen. And, um, right now, like I, I don't have, like I said, I don't have an endorsement with, with, um, Zildjian. It's not about Zildjian, but I'm saying like with Aquarian, I didn't use Aquarian. I, I, I used Evans and I didn't have, I didn't have any connection with Evans. I didn't have an endorsement, nothing. Um, but I, I just, I don't know the way that it happened. They like hooked me up, had me try their stuff. And just that right there spoke to me to where I was, I'm always timid about bigger companies and I don't want to be, I don't want to be lost in the shuffle, but I want to use stuff that reputable and works and is going to, gonna like endure, like, uh, be durable and stuff like that. And so anyways, I was like not a hundred percent on board with like, okay, I'm going to move to Aquarian. I'm not that guy. That's like, if you're going to give it to me, I'm going to use it. Like I want to use what I want to use. And so I was like, I use Evans because that's what I choose to use. And when I moved to Aquarian, it was like, dude, that was a game changer. That was like, I feel like I'm a part of the family. I've never once called there and been like, Hey, it's Corey. And they're like, Corey who? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, they always remember me. Chris and me will text back and forth time to time. They've helped out the show. They're always, willing to like they're big on education they're willing to work with their artists on like they know all the artists these days are like working on other stuff we're not just drummers most of the time and they're always like interested in teaming up and working together and collaborating on stuff dude i think that's amazing and that's that's like so much a fit for what i'm doing yeah and um it's like so for me it's like man I needed to make that change. And now that's a part of me. That's my sound. I got used to using their stuff. Now there's no chance I would move to another company. Change is good. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it's really good. You know what else too? Like we're talking about family. It's like, um, so I was just up there recently at the office and, you know, hanging out and it was great. Like I ended up hanging out with Chris for like a really long time. We were yeah. just chatting. It was so great. But then afterwards I, you know, I took a picture and I posted it on Instagram for social media and you know, I'd just be like, yo, you know, this is a great thing that happened to me. And like, yeah, these, they're, they're great there. But also, like the artist family so far so like yeah like you and phil were like yeah dude welcome to the family but not like my friend jody who's also an artist yeah, he's yeah. like yo dude you're in great you know yeah. and then tosh sent me a message yeah. and i was just like <laughs> all right this feels like too too right you know right, what i mean like this right. feels so good like that's how it was for me where i was like i knew a lot of these guys anyways you know evan stone i mentioned um my but my my dad's friend my my friend he's like uncle he's involved with him a lot his name is nat um scott and um He's, he was like the one who helped me get in and, um, <clears throat> like, uh, Jimmy Ford, like all these dudes that I just don't know. Like, all right. I mean, I knew 
I didn't know they were on the Aquarian roster. Mm. And so they have like a, they, I don't know if they do it every year, but last year they had an, an Aquarian artist party. Oh yeah. You asked me about, and I was like, I'm not an artist. And you're like, Oh, it sucks to be you. <laughs> Felt bad, but, uh, dude. but it was so, they, they had, they had tacos and like, dude, it was like a lot of their drummers. The only one who I didn't see there was like Mike Johnston, but like Eric Moore was there. Every, everybody in town was there. And it was totally what I was saying. Like just total community hanging out. You can pick up new heads while you're there. They gave you an artist T-shirt and like a, a care package was, just for uh, being. Was Jackie Jeanette there? Uh, I didn't see him oh, either. Okay. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I didn't see him. That guy's so busy, but like yeah. that's amazing. He's on that roster. Yeah, you know what I mean, that's the thing, man. I mean, you know, he's not around anymore. But but um, Roy Burns was an Roy amazing Burns too. Yeah, yeah, and he was so he was a drummer's drummer. He was a he was a working drummer. He was a businessman. He was like an, a phenomenal drummer. And he supported other drummers, yeah. you know, and that's what is important, especially in education. It's so important, you know, and it's like they still maintain that. They still have that community where it's like, hey, man, this is one of my buddies and he plays, you know, he does this and like I back him. I did the same thing with Phil. It was like, dude, this is one of my best buddies and he's a great drummer and he's going to be a good asset to this company. It's not like he's going to take stuff from you guys and then flip you off while he's walking away he's gonna promote the crap out of it like yeah. he does you know with everything and they were just like bring him on you know chris teaches too yeah 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 yeah, yeah. chris was teaching at school of rock for a while i, I think th- he still I is he does on his off time yeah, yeah. i was like dude like we're all, we all we've all been there dude. <laughs> it's yeah. so crazy yeah dude yeah and that's the thing dude when you go there you'll you'll chris is like he'll stop what he's doing take the time to hang out with you you know last time i was there we were talking about mazdas i drive a mazda he drives a mazda it's like, no, you got to sit in this car. Look at this, you know, and you're just not even talking about drums, you know? Yeah. And, um, so it's, dude, it's a good, good, good product. Sick. I'm so stoked. Yeah. Like I'm honored as well. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. So what did you, so what did you get for your setup? Okay. So I got a set of the, uh, modern vintage for my, oh, for, my yeah. for my jazz kit. Yeah. Uh, those, Dope. those heads are fire. Uh, and then I got a set of the super twos encoded and clear for my, cool. Like my working kit. Yeah. Heck yeah. I gotta try a super. I got a super two for a snare. Did not like it. Didn't come out the way I wanted because I want that. Ready. I got the single ply snare heads with the dot underneath. Oh, yeah, I got those. See, and I feel like I go through those too quick. Wow, really? Yeah. So I'm. I use a closest thing. I used to use an Evans G two on my snares. Whoa, that's a thick head for your snare drum. And I would tighten the crap out of it, and it would sound perfect for a ska stuff. Oh yeah, so, I gotta talk to you about that. I need, <laughs> I'm, I'm about to do some ska shows yeah. in November. I need to, I need to like pick your brain on the snare tune. Yeah, I want that ping. It's, it's a hard, it's a hard thing to come by, man. I still haven't figured it out. I haven't figured it out with uh with Aquarian yet. I so. Uh, I have the performance, no, the response to on my snare, and that's the closest I can get to, and that's a thick snare head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But every head I've used before, I can't get that sound the way I want super two, I thought would be the, the, the thing. It's just not, I used, um, for one time I used the, um, Jack Dijonette, the black single oh, ply gray heads. Yeah. And it was okay, but it still, still wasn't pingy enough. Mm. And maybe it's my tuning stuff, but, um, response to crank down. That's the, it's a ticket for me right now. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I still, I'm, I'm still searching though. I'm still searching. Um, did you, you you're not into like you're into like jazz kind of tones right like higher pitch no 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 like i like i have everything like oh yeah like, yeah like i i like my my drums to sound appropriate for the gig yeah you know? like 
I'm um, thinking about switching up next time I go. I'm thinking about trying a triple threat. Three ten ply. Whoa. Three ten. I mean, three ten ply. Three ten mil. That is three ply. Yeah, that is. That's the <laughs> thickest head I've ever heard of. I'm thinking about trying that on the sixteen inch floor tom. I want my sixteen inch to sound like like you were talking before we hit play. You were telling me about the Benny Greb move. Yeah, the cotton, the cotton in the bot inside the drum. Yeah, I'm gonna do that, dude. Dude, at least in the fourteen. Uh, I mean, the sixteen floor tom. Yeah, it's like That's low, solid. and then it like it, it's almost like having a gate. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, do. Like, oh man, I yeah. want that. That's so dope. Yeah. Also, uh, Benny Greb's other trick is coated heads as resonance. Oh. Coated single ply heads as resonance. Good to know. I do that on the acrylic kit over there. That's single cool. ply coated. That's cool. Yeah. I don't know if I do that. My master's kit is dialed as far as I love it. I think the 10 inch could be a little bit more less warm, like a little bit more higher pitch. So I think I'm, I want to try like a super two on the 10, a uh, performance two on the 12 inch rack and then or i mean uh the, i see so this is the thing though like do i really want to do like a different head on each drum why not the, <laughs> the, the 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 drum should should uh delegate what you put on it yeah it's like it's not there's no consistency in drums anymore like and yeah. i love that about it you know play what sounds good you know the, the bigger the drum the deeper the tone i want so if it's a 10 i want it really high dude so yeah i'm really i haven't had a chance yet i put the modern vintage on because that's like the the workhorse kit I use in San Diego, but on my pro kit, I'm really excited. Cause like my rack toms are six inch depth, you know, oh, I mean, they're, cool. they're pancakes. So yeah. I think these heads are going to sound uh, phenomenal. They're going to be incredible. Yeah, too. yeah. 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 That's cool. Well, we're going to, one of our shows that we have in the, in the work, we, we have planned that we, we don't have it planned yet, but we're working out. Details oh, is we to do, tried to, I know we want to do a live field trip episode where we're filming or we're recording our podcast on the drive up. Then we go in and like interview a bunch of people at Aquarian, film it all, and then do a wrap up on the way home. So me, you, and Phil got to do that. Now yeah. that we're all three artists. Yeah. Or we maybe meet Tosh or something. Oh, yeah. He lives real close, right? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Oh, we could just go to Aquarian, and go to his, then go to his house and shed after. What, is this, what does he call it? The something cave? Stab in, the, the stabbing stab cabin. cabin. <laughs> Dude, I'd love how like we have all these names for our, our thing. Like we, we call our portion the beat locker but it's in pimp city the studio yeah and like, <laughs> it's in the conglomerate of pimp city yeah. yeah yeah so we're we always say we're at the beat locker in beautiful pimp city california but dude that's so funny that it's just it's what this place is called now as much as that other dude is fighting it this place is called pimp he's city. outvoted dude the he's brigades outvoted. against him yeah. yeah it's dude it's once we hit record and say it live on the air there's nothing he can do about it <laughs> so yeah it's at pimp city so all right man Anyways, let's wrap the show there. Awesome. Uh, that went by so fast. Did it? Man, I, I feel like we've been talking for hours and like, and it, it's, a, it's a good thing. But the thing is, I'm getting really hungry right now. <laughs> <laughs> so we got to wrap this thing up. Solid. Uh, Kevin, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you for um, having me. Yeah, I appreciate it. Dude, you know you're welcome to come in anytime you want. So That's if you're great. not doing anything, we record every Monday. Even if me and Phil are in here, just be a third and come in. Yeah, I do want to come in when Phil's here some one of these days. Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. Um, so just let us know anytime. You're welcome. Um, again, if anybody wants to get a hold of you, it's Mr. The Gooch. Yeah. Uh, M-R. Yeah, M-R-T-H-E-G-U-C-H. G-U-C-H. Yeah. On Instagram, Facebook, Kevin Higuchi. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's all good. Come see you play at you're doing any jams this week uh i don't know about this week you're doing the tuesday night jam. i'm doing the tuesday night with tim felton yeah at rosie o'grady's this oh, week cool. yeah, yeah awesome 
I might show up at that. Please come. Yeah, you'll yeah. love it. You're going to kill it too. Yeah. I might cruise to that and then I might go to the Latin after that. Sick. So. Um, all right, cool. Well, uh, that's episode 53. 50, Drum Brigade 58. 58. 53. 58. 58. <laughs> episode 58, the Drum Brigade podcast. Uh, no Funky Phil, but Kevin Aguchi in studio. Uh, and now we're going to get food. Oh, yeah. Hey. Thanks for listening to the Drum Brigade podcast. Just so you know, you can hit up our archives at drumbrigade.com and listen to some great interviews with drummers like Stan Bicknell. My connection to drumming is like, uh, it's almost on a spiritual level in terms of how I feel connected to it. So it's, it's not even a question whether I play or not. It's just a matter of how I have it in my life because I have to play. Right. Um, and so going forward, uh, having my boy just made me knuckle down on any decision to do with financial stability, but then also gave me that drive to push harder in terms of my own personal development and practice and whatnot. And to be honest, I mean, I'm 35 now, and I would say that my drive for drumming is the strongest that it's ever been. Kirky B, Kirk Biscara. So I use his sticks, I go in there and played that song, The Bird, and um, oh Jungle Love. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> and um, Morris Day sat at the end of the couch after I played and said, you want a job? No way. Oh my God. <laughs> and, I, and I said, yeah. <laughs> Timbo from Kino, Tim Baltes. I had to walk. I was walking back from the grocery store because my brother got pissed that I ate all the asparagus. So I had I, I ate like two pounds of asparagus this morning. <laughs> and it was so good. I had to go and buy a couple more pounds for him so he wasn't a Debbie Downer the rest of the week. Oh. <laughs> my pee smelled like nuclear waste. All right. Mike Dawson. The first time I subbed for him, you know, I, don't, I don't know how often you guys get in fights, but that feeling of tunnel vision when you're like, all right, I'm, I'm going to like defend myself right now. Yeah. That where the whole world just kind of turns into a laser beam. That that was like three hours of the show. Like, I <laughs> thought I was, I was in like a fight with Broadway for wow. like three hours. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, <man>. Mark Dicciani. <laughs> that single sentence or two started me on the path over the last 10, 12 years of doing research in areas that include neuroscience, neurology, cognitive psychology, genetics, brain lateralization, brain plasticity, because the way that we as drummers develop motor skills is really no different than how a dancer develops motor skills and or how athletes develop skills. And so our brains, our nervous systems, our bodies work the same way. Tosh the drummer. Guess what? I got three drum solos in the show. Three. <laughs> what? <laughs> three drum solos. Oh my gosh. I, I we opened the show with a drum solo. Wow. And we and then the right before the encore we did I did like a like a five minute drum solo. Dude. And he never once this is the only gig I've ever had that he never once told me to change anything. I showed up and I played I didn't like they told me they were like, Don't learn the music exact because we're gonna change it. Uh-huh. And that's kinda what they did. They would like they changed it, and I played along, and I just figured it out. And like they never once critiqued anything I did. Tim Fig Newton. I play a lot of doubles and singles, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just try to get them clean enough to where I can, you know, kind of just float around the kit and do whatever I want. Yeah. I, I 
gravitate towards like weird sounding patterns and 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 things that aren't normal you know what i mean yeah. so um people always come up to me and they're like oh your approach is so different like how do you think to phrase these these things like that and i'm like i don't know it's just what i hear but just you know that's what comes out fredo ortiz so he shows me some licks and he's like you'll be all right man it's just like do your thing he's like it's actually it's like you're gonna get to be free to do whatever you want it doesn't seem like they're asking you to like you know do anything specific because all the music you're doing is pretty much you know, just Latin jazz, like improv and, and jamming and just, you know, keeping it mellow. I'm like, all right, cool. You know, and, and I took that and and totally did not have to apply any of that when the first show came about, which was uh, Australia, in, I think Melbourne. So the, the, the first tour, like, straight sent me to Australia for oh three weeks <laughs> and then another two weeks in, in Eastern Asia. So that was my first time out of the country doing wow. music, you know. I mean, besides um, Yeska, like Yeska went to Finland and stuff, but okay. this was like seriously like my first time. I with the DC Boys, and they were headlining oh my this God. festival. <laughs> That's awesome. 